0: I want to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com. That's right. Sign up for our email list. Um, That's how you can find out all the different ways to support us on the
1: email list he got him um, going before he even said yeah anything. absolutely yes uh, <laughs> thanks to thanks to
0: Franklin these guys are ready to go <laughs> thanks to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the podcast here we've got a new guest tonight big Mo Kaysen the barbecue what's
2: up King. what's up he's what's here like what's up?
0: so uh, Mo we do jazz hands like this when we get the show started what's there you go jazz hands are in effect I, I hope you guys have your big girl panties on <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a wild ride this is episode 559 <laughs> of the who moved my freedom podcast like i said my guest is big mo Casein, barbecue and guns that's what we're talking about and we also right. have that's will betty and- yes absolutely america we also have america. will betty and uh roy hill of brown oh, also. Yeah. will will betty's from uh Bear Creek Bear Cattle, Creek. Com- Bear Creek Bear Cattle Creek. Company. What's up, man? So, We're
1: in the house. Yeah. Beef. We
3: beef? Yeah. The the got man. some of the best Bear beef What's in up? America. Right. You know? I, and I, I say Bear this from experience.
0: On, yeah. Thank you. So Thank check you. this out. If I, if I had these, by the way, folks out there, please smash the thumbs-ups. Help us out here. Share the podcast and all that kind of stuff. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, all these guys are gun guys here. Um, if I actually had these guys all in one place— I know my belly will be full. I'll probably be drunk and m- might be smoking something, even though I don't smoke things. Cause...
2: Oh, I know. I seen you smoke a cigar. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. I yeah. seen you, you at the you, retreat. One yeah. time.
3: You- You'd you'd be pulling triggers first, then (laughs) you'd be fed well, drunk well, and smoked well. This would be a party, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This would be a
0: party you'd never want to come home from. So uh, it's going to be a fun show. Like I said, everyone, smash the thumbs ups out there. We appreciate that. Um, Let's see here. So the the beef experts. We've got Will Beatty, Bear Creek Cattle Company. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a beef expert. Uh, Another big beef expert here, Big Mo Casen. You're our you're our main guest tonight, man. It's all about you. Oh, oh, well, welcome to up, the
2: show. Man, yeah, what's up? You got the family, man.
0: Absolutely, man. And of course, we've got Roy Hill Brownells. Brown I think we all know each other through Brownell yeah. somehow, right? Take my money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> tell me some Brownells. <laughs> We're very
0: happy to do that, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that Brownells connection, man, is uh, it's real strong oh, out there. It's real. Strong. Oh, there goes the flight.
1: Thank you. Hey, my, I, I, I'll tell you is is a, is an unsolicited uh support vote mm-hmm. one of the first places i ever check if i'm looking for gun parts brownells.com go that's,
3: that's, that's, that's my that's my first stop thank you, very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. we're, we're going to try, try real hard to keep earning your business yeah.
0: thank you very much good, good. Do a great job. yeah good people good people over at brownells uh uh i think i've known roy the longest in brownells i always tell people that I met Roy years ago at the uh, Henry Thousand Man Shoot, Henry yep. Rifle Thousand Man Shoot, and mm-hmm. uh, Roy was really, really, really cool with me, and that's how I got my like entrance to the Brownells uh, Click family. I,
3: I remember that very well. I still have the rifle.
0: Yeah, in fact, said... I still have
3: my number that you had to get to, to whatever pin on your shirt yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah, yep. I've got all that got stuff. I don't know if you guys heard of the Thousand Man Shoot. Um, uh, we could have. Yeah, we could have used you out there barbecuing some stuff, Mo. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, like
2: you to do too, Will. What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: We got yeah, to talk to Henry need, Rifle and make need, that happen again. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just sitting here, you know, with the, with the awesome reputation that Big Mo has as the, oh, the king man. of barbecue. I'm just imagining what a brisket. A Bear Creek Cattle Company brisket will be in the hands <laughs> oh. of that man. I, that, that's probably against you know, the I'm law you, if I, get that brisket,
2: if I took one of your briskets and, and I'm, cooked I'm them getting to taste the vapors up here, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> y'all talking dirty right papers, now. You be like, look, no, come on, whatever, whatever on. you need, bro, whatever you need. What <laughs> you,
0: man. Um, listen, see. first of all, let me apologize to everyone out there who's going to be really hungry. I hope you can get your hands on some uh, barbecue. While we're sorry, doing not this.
1: sorry it's <laughs> yeah.
0: gonna be yeah there's gonna be lots of uh, barbecue going on so let's start let's uh, let's start with big Mo since you know you're the special guest here tonight okay. uh, the, every, all these guys are awesome but you know you're the first time here on the show do you want to tell the folks about yourself a little bit mo how you got sure. into the whole barbecue world your background etc sure
2: uh, for me, you know, I come from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. That's where I'm born and raised, corn-fed, mm-hmm. east side Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uh, grandmother and grandfather, um, they had 17 children. Wow. And, yeah, and my grandmother and grandfather from southern Missouri, so they kind of moved up to Iowa, planted roots. And... Um, so we are a tight-knit squad. You know, uh, my grandmother's passed and I have a couple uh, of uncles and a couple of aunts passed, uh, pass, but we're a tight squad. And we always barbecued or grilled out on, especially like on Sundays after church, uh, holidays. You know, we were always at somebody's house getting down And so that's how I got introduced into like grilling and barbecue, just standing there, you know, nine years old, love watching uncles and stuff, cooking up on a 55-gallon drum cut in half on expanded metal with some uh, Kingsford charcoal and cooking pork steaks up or cooking some ribs up, some chicken up. So that's how I got – I I just love the smell of cooking. uh, I love the smell of barbecuing and i love managing a fire um that was something that uh, when i became like a 10 11 12 my mom my mom had a 55 gallon drum in the backyard and uh, you know i would go out and i would cook and uh and i just love it and then you know um grew up went in the navy uh came out of the navy in 93 and one of the first things i bought was a little smoker went to walmart got me a little brinkman and got back at it and um um this is before like all the barbecue shows that were actually on. I mean, there were some shows like on Food Network, but basically they're like the real barbecue shows. And uh, I was just hooked, man. I mean, I start seeing these shows with Tuffy and Johnny Trigg and all those guys. And and I said to myself, man, I can do this, man. You know, I, I, I love to go to a barbecue cook-off just to see what it's all about. And I, 2006, Des Moines, Iowa, it's called the Pork Expo. Uh, it's a huge global event that happens every year here, pork industry but then they used to have a contest that was tied into it called um it was separate but it was during the same time on the same grounds at the fairgrounds called pork Barbecue colossus it's no longer uh it went away after the swine flu uh back in the day and so um but it was just um i remember pulling in um with my rig and i up to that point i'd never been to a uh, like a real cook-off, you know, It's just my backyard cooking against my neighbors and not really against my neighbors, but just cooking and, and sharing barbecue with my neighbors and stuff like that. And they cook. And, but when I went to that cook-off and I seen all these different rigs and all the smoke in the air and the smells and stuff, I knew this is where I needed to be. And this was 2006. And, uh, for me, uh, for me, it was just, um, I was hooked. Yeah. And I'm a one man team. And I started, doing my cook-offs. I did uh, 20 that, that year by myself, one-man team. Wow. And wow. I've done a lot of work, coffee.
4: too. Yeah, 380
2: never... cook-offs wow. since then, you know. And I've wow. I've been blessed to be able to go internationally multiple times uh, all over the world. I, now I'm doing stuff with the military uh, where I'm going over to Armed Forces Entertainment. I just came back uh, before this COVID stuff. I was over in uh, Diego Garcia, uh, wow. Singapore uh, cooking for the Navy. And and uh, I'm actually going back in June 28th, as long as this COVID thing can get squashed down. I'm going back over there, Singapore, South Korea, Alaska, all military bases and cooking. They're shipping my smoker over to Japan in August oh, wow. uh, in October, excuse me, to go cook for the big Navy base there in Yakuska. So it's amazing how I served my country, love the Navy, love the military uh, to come full circle and to be able to do, you know, I worked, I got out of the Navy. I worked at the water treatment plant in Des Moines here for 24 years along doing my barbecue. And in 2017, I had the, I got approached with Academy Sports. And if anybody knows about Academy Sports, there's a huge sporting good chain down south. And they're all over the south. Uh, and uh, they reached out to me and said, hey, man, we'd like to get your products in the stores. And after that, you know, when I looked at those numbers, I was like, okay, cool. So I was able to walk away from the water plant that I did 24 years at and just be able to do me. And uh, it's been a blessing. That's um, so all like I can say. I wake up and uh, I just promote my, my, my products, my rubs, and, and I'm able to take care of my family, and uh, it's just uh, it's just a blessing. But I love barbecue, I love the family of barbecue, um, and uh, you know, I always had growing up, we'd go uh, shotgun, you know, deer and pheasants and like that, you know. And my uncle, all my uncles were hunters, and and the majority of them. And uh, to be able to hook up with brown brownells, uh, do a couple things for them, and uh, it's amazing how tight knit, just like tight knit the barbecue world is, the gun world is the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same way when they find out you're, you're, you're legit and you're for real for real, you know, you got you got a friend, man. You really do And uh, And uh, I'm I'm just a hobby, you know, guy who likes guns. Uh, I, I love it. I love getting out. I love the, uh, getting into like long range, even though uh, I say I'm just a beginner. Um, a good friend of mine, Adam Roche, he does a lot of stuff for the military he's a retired major league baseball player from fort scott kansas and i go down there we do stuff in the military bring special forces guys in and just to hang out for the weekend and and i learned so much about shooting with those guys yeah. um, he's got sniper guys coming in uh instructors ext- and just like this last time you know i had my first time i went down there i had my six fight Creedmore. i cooked barbecue for all the squad they had still team six like well. I shouldn't be saying that right now. They had a SEAL team come in <laughs> and fly. actually drop in some training there. Were you, yeah. Were you shooting yeah. this stuff? That's <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, Fort Scott, I mean, <laughs> yeah. guys. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's, I it... went to college in Fort Scott. So oh, you I did. Oh. Actually, oh yeah. I went to, I went, to I went to I went to the JUCO there before I went to the Navy. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, and so it's just like uh, I got to get into with these great, great, great guys. You know, and and being that I'm prior service in the military, it's just it's just man it was. Awesome. So I was just down there here the late, late fall and we cooked some barbecue and we had like a bunch of Army, a special forces guy come come in. And that instructor took me out and Adam Roach has got a big mile. He's got a big platform on one of his properties. It's got, you know, 300, 500, 700, 800, thousand yard mile range. Yeah, and basically everyone's two,
0: dream. <laughs>
2: two days oh, yeah. and taught me so much about my 338. Mm-hmm. And it is such a feeling when you take for the first time ever taking a gun. I had a Ruger. One of those new Rugers that back up a couple of years ago, that Ruger first came out, the six five more I had that, about mm-hmm. that, out the box gun, and I remember taking me out there and these guys, I probably fifth shot in, hit the target a thousand mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. Yeah. And I just was down there with my three thirty eight, I got a custom built three thirty eight, and took it down there, man. And it's just, to me, it's just awesome to be able to take around like that and be able to shoot long range. And have someone spotting for you and telling you the adjustment, knowing what they're doing, telling you the adjustments to make. And then yep. you making the adjustments and then hitting that target. Yep. To me, it gives me goosebumps. And I, I, I can't wait to go back down there and shoot long range, man. And and now I've got a nice little collection of guns because I, I just like them. I, I just love them. I love the, the, the quality. I love the diversity of them. I love the history of them. And uh, so I'm a big fan. So awesome. barbecue, guns, cigars, bourbon. Yeah. That's Living great.
0: the life, man. You, there's so many. There's some good circles in there. <laughs> Barbecues, guns, cigars, too. You're you're all in it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how the whole world here connects. Like you uh, oh, no. you grew up in Iowa. You connect to the Brownells guys. Uh, you've done stuff in um in in Kansas. I uh, the actually the Fort Scott guys sponsor my YouTube channel for ammo. Those guys are they're actually they're, great guys. they're pretty generous. They yeah, they're pretty generous. They they really do take care of us over here. Um, th- th- this is so cool, man! I could tell like the passion. Um, let's. W- what do you guys think about this? Who wants to jump in there? Because I know Mo was worried that we wouldn't be able to uh, talk or have anything to talk about.
3: <laughs> yeah. right. Well, I, I absolutely my favorite type of shooting in the world uh-huh. is to be laying on my belly with a target at least five hundred yards away, but the farther away the better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And the two things: number one, I. Just yesterday, I put on Instagram a, a video of my 12 uh, year old mm-hmm. hitting a 500 yard target with a 6.5 Creedmoor. Wow, yeah. And the way I try to explain it to folks who do not shoot long range is this in, in this life, this is the closest we get to be to Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you do something good. here. And then yeah. way the head down there mm-hmm. something really cool happens and you cause that thing to happen yeah. 800 eight hundred, nine hundred, thousand yards away and there's just no other feeling in the world like it. I mean you go it, It's therapy. It's it therapy.
2: therapy. It really is. Yeah. It's,
3: yeah. Magic. it's yeah. magic. It's a magic
1: wand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm hard, I'm, I'm thinking reasons,
2: I'm, I'm just looking at listening to videos, man, and and learning. There's I can't remember the guy's name again, but he uh He's an ex-military sniper, and uh, he has great videos, and I've been watching him now lately and learning so much about bullet trajectory drop. Uh, just just a wealth of knowledge, and I'm just like a sponge. I'm like a little kid sitting there with my Cheerios <laughs> on Saturday morning, <laughs> listening to this, and just watching video after video after <laughs> video after video. After video. Yeah. And it's a sponge, and and that's what I, I you know, when we get this COVID thing, like right now, our gun ranges, are long uh, are you know we ain't really got no long range here in no iowa like you know the, like the, all the uh like uh the hundred yarders they're all closed right now because of this covid you know mm-hmm. but uh i'm going to be heading down to texas tomorrow um actually thursday i'll be heading out of texas because i'm sold my barbecue pit and i'm picking up and ordering a big thousand gallon tank pit and uh but there's a range down there down in texas that i go in keeling texas a friend of mine owns and i'm gonna go down there and take my 338 because I, I bought a 338 cavari i've got a custom built bolt action i've always wanted one of these cavaris and i bought a cavari here a few months back and uh i'm gonna take that down and uh take that i'm a big fan of 338s man them things ain't no joke
1: yeah okay awesome yeah, uh, well i know you wanted to jump in here oh uh, i was just uh gonna say that you know really precision rifles uh i, I first got my i guess introduction this this past year uh Mm -hmm. by dustin coleman i don't know if you guys know him with coltac uh he does suppressor covers but anyway Mm -hmm. i was just a monkey on a gun and he he uh, put me on his six millimeter creedmoor and uh guided me in and i i darn near hit a a golf ball at a thousand yards and yeah. yeah, well, it, it wasn't me. It was good guidance. Um, but, but the real... The, magic, the drill, magic. Like, yeah, and, the, like and the capabilities, you know, of, of what these guns can do and, and be able to reach out there. Um, but I wanted to touch on, on Mo, your, your background and kind of what what got you into uh, barbecuing and smoking. So, you know, I was really, I was thinking while you were, you know, giving your background and your history... And a lot of the reasons that I ended up uh, in the beef business are very similar. Um, One was the social aspect, though. You know, you talk about all these big family get-togethers and everybody's barbecuing and grilling out. And, you know, you you like to manage the fire and, and, you know— I, I think it all really starts with that childhood introduction and like those positive vibes about uh, of being around people and enjoying food. You know, it's not just a necessity. It's like the whole um, social aspect with the family and, and you're out there and um, it's what you know, everybody, it's what
0: life's about. Right. That's what's what, yeah, the meaning everybody's of course. having a
2: good,
1: good and time is, and
2: global. But it is Americana and you're absolutely correct. You know, sit on a bonfire. And, and and you are cooking some barbecue, and it's done when it's done. You don't force it, you don't rush <laughs> it. Everybody's got their, you got your uncles, got the old slits or or, or or the passable ribbon, and they're sitting there and they're talking.
1: <laughs> and you I wasn't gonna it, say that, but you know, and and it's true. done. Somebody yeah. always asks me how long it's gonna take, and I'm like, "Well, how many uh, beers is that gonna equate to?" <laughs> 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 well, that's the reality, yeah. man. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Part I think of that's fun. Yeah, I think that's what life's about, right? I kind of—I don't know if it happened to you too, Roy, but when 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 Mo said uh, tending the fire, right? that's a very primal thing, right there, right? Right,
3: yeah. primal thing harks. Uh, hearts- Harkens back to our ancestry, but there's yeah. just something about, because I grew up in western Arkansas, and all the time we would, my extended family, and I had like 14 aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. so i come from a big family too, four younger brothers, mm-hmm. you know, we would have family gathering. there'd be like 50 people there, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, the, it was all about visiting with your relatives and seeing people you hadn't seen in a while, but food was always the central mm-hmm. element. And there's just something about good food with people that you like and enjoy. I mean, for example, um, I learned this because I got a Cajun sister-in-law, but I, I learned how to do, do crawfish boils. Mm-hmm. So I moved to oh, Iowa, yeah. I was kind of like the crawfish boil man of western Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My wife and I, we have, tra- as far as we know, we have transported the only crawfish boil in the history of Union, Michigan, <laughs> to Union, Michigan. We took—we trucked <laughs> 50 pounds of crawfish up there to some good friends of ours. But absolutely, the good food with people you truly, thoroughly enjoy, there's nothing else in the world like that. Mm
2: -hmm. You got that right. You got that right. It's all about that. And that food ties everything together. Mm -hmm. No matter what people got going on in their lives, when you get family and friends together, that food is the final point that ties it all together.
3: And nobody's in a bad mood when they have a mouthful of perfectly smoked brisket. (laughs) (laughs) No, nobody's in a bad
0: mood. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, and so we're gonna get into this here because we've got Mo and we've got Will, we're gonna get into this. We've got, we've got Roy here, I think, like I said, for about an hour. Roy, do you uh, want to At least an hour. If, if I can hour. stay longer, I'll stay. You are welcome to stay, sir. Ah! <laughs> You're welcome we get to stay. I
3: picked up about barbecue, heck yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, so before we get too deep into anything here, Roy, do you want to bring us up to speed a little bit with what's going on with Brown Owls on the, uh, the uh, retail side of what's going on in the industry. I know the news dropped a few days ago that we've got record gun sales for this year. I think over 7 million firearms right, sold this right. I year. Saw,
3: um, I saw a news story today that the Nick's checks for April mm-hmm. were, they, they dipped down a little bit from March. March was just absolutely insane. April dipped down, but April 2020 is still in the top four months ever for nix checks so gun sales are kind of slowing down a little bit from where they've been they're still high but mm-hmm. they're, they're coming down a little bit the, the thing we continue to see at brown l's is ammo comes in goes on the shelf and then goes away
0: okay yeah
3: ammo comes in it gets officially received logged in goes on our warehouse shelves and then it, it disappears <laughs> okay. uh The last time I think you asked me, I think uh, I researched on my phone and we had like only three skews of nine millimeter left. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm proud to say that right before the show started, we had seven skews of Mm -hmm. nine millimeter left. We usually have about 125 different versions of nine millimeter, but just for the show started, we had seven types of nine millimeter in, in stock, and we usually carry about 125. So that's up from three. It's it's like. One hundred percent
0: increase or more. Okay. But, so, um, is there is we, there as you
3: know we had some one hundred and twenty four grain
0: stuff in stock. Okay. So, is there any? I, I think the last time you said it was nine millimeter and five five six.
3: Five five six. Yeah.
0: Right. Same thing. Is there any uh, kind have, of slowdown going on, or you're we're still at the same rate uh, according to? I know I know we can't give out like specific numbers and things right, like right. that.
3: Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of a slowdown. It's starting to come back down a little bit. Starting mm-hmm. to come back down a little bit. Uh, because uh, I forget how many 5.56s five, five, we had in stock. I, I checked on if we had five five six in stock before mm-hmm. the show started. We did. Uh, they were mostly like match grade level stuff. Uh, and we had some Wolf, some of the uh, steel case stuff too. Mm-hmm. But uh, ammo still selling pretty heavily. Not as quite as high as it was. Still high. But coming down a little bit.
0: Okay, and then what about uh, gun sales? And I'm assuming that it's it, it's mostly handguns and not rifles so much. But fill me in on that. Am I right or wrong there?
3: Um, lots of handguns. Uh, lots of uh, uh, stories in the news about first time gun buyers. Mm -hmm. And most of those folks, when they buy a gun, they're buying a gun for home defense. Mm -hmm. And the number one type of gun they're buying is a handgun. So lots and lots and lots of handgun sales. Um, One of the companies in the Brownells family of companies is Crow Shooting Supplies. Mm -hmm. And I can't give out specific numbers, but they have sold back in uh, March, especially a ton of guns. Crow Shooting Supplies, a wholesale company selling mostly to gun stores or Big box stores like Shields and stuff like that. So Uh, like a
0: distributor. A a distributor, right, a
3: wholesaler. Pro-shooting supply is a wholesaler Mm -hmm. selling to other businesses. Uh, I can't give out specific numbers, but I know they sold a ton of guns out to other retailers. So, yeah, Brownells is selling some guns, but uh, big movements of guns on the wholesale side.
0: Okay, okay, cool.
1: And uh, and Go ahead, Will. It's got to be a lot of rifles and and parts, too, and and I know this because— I'm a consumer mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, you know, I had, I had a few, uh, rifles on hand before mm-hmm. all this started. Um, but you know, I've always got a, you know, I'm like every other gun nut and I've always got a project and I'm out there looking for parts. You can't find parts. You can't find lower parts kits. You can't find Mm -hmm. uppers, you know, especially when you're looking for tier top, you know, tier one products. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot of sales. I I just see from a consumer across the board. Okay. Long guns too. Yeah. Uh, And God bless America. I built
0: a couple of
3: polymer eighties into handguns. Okay. And we don't have any lower parts kits, man. We don't have wow. any uh, frame kits, and yeah. I need those parts to build my two polymer 80 pistols.
0: So yeah, I feel your pain. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting to note that the parts um, side of that is still going up. So let me do this. I'll kind of like go around here. We could start with Will, and then go to Roy, and then go to Mo. That that way we'll give uh, everyone a chance to think about this. Will, what's what like? What's on your list? What's on your shopping list? Your uh, of guns that you're looking for right now.
1: Okay. So I, I do have a little niche. Um, Mm. after 11 months of wait, uh, I picked up this week, my M 16 a one, uh, transferable. It's a department of energy, uh, gun. And what I was wanting to do was modernize the the lower, save all the original parts, but I want to make somewhat of an MP seven clone. Um, and I want to, uh, modernize, I was going to use all BCM parts. That's, I don't know if I can say all the specifics, yeah, but that's that's, yeah, that's the that stuff counts. that I like. And I went to Brownells yeah, yeah, Brown and tried to get it, and it was out of stock. So like oh that. well. Uh, but anyway, I, I want to modernize uh-huh. it, and then probably hit up uh, again, and 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 get a 5.7 conversion, a CMMG mm-hmm. conversion with the with the full mag, um, mm-hmm. and then probably you know. So when you that that's a great thing about buying a transferable you know, is, is, and especially like on a platform, like an M16 is the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I also want to get a fight light, uh, belt fed upper oh, and yeah. let let that thing rip. Uh, oh, so that's yeah. fun. So anyway, I'm saving my <laughs> pennies. That's that's the short of it. I'm already broke from buying the uh the gun, but it, it took eleven months. So I've yeah. recovered a little yeah. bit of fun since you, then and uh you, you're just kind of trying to build it out.
0: You will have to buy the Brownell's barrel of ammo when <laughs> you get that when you get that yeah. machine gun. Well, okay, hey,
1: all jokes aside, <laughs> Brownells is a supply for already linked 62 grain ammo yes, to feed that fight light light, so I don't have to only. hand link. Oh, you got? It. Yes, we so, do. Yeah, I know this. You know, I, I oh. look at them. <laughs> okay, very cool. Very cool. Yes, I'm gonna be ready to rock and roll.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a, that sounds good, man. Uh, let me know when you get that so I can come visit you. <laughs> Please, um, <laughs> Roy, let's go to you. What's what's on your list? You work at Brownells. Right,
3: right, right, yeah, right. So so that doesn't I'm mean like, you
0: could just walk around picking up stuff. Oh, my well, gosh. You know. <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It
3: might as well be that bad. Mm-hmm. First, I want to say I'm very jealous because here in Iowa, uh, the government of Iowa have not deemed it possible for mere peasants like me to own a Class 3. Uh, I mean, we just got short-barreled rifles, yeah. short-barreled shotguns, and suppressors. Mm-hmm. Can't do machine guns just yet as a private individual. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, baby. Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> what, is the, what is the hold-up Nothing on that? Nothing like
1: a smile maker. Yeah, Set what?
3: my people free. Yes. Why? It's, it's What's the holdup up in Iowa right. on that? It's Iowa right now. Oh. It's just, it's, oh. It hasn't been. Oh, Iowa's Iowa. one of those last few remaining states where machine, machine guns cannot be possessed by mere peasant civilians like me. So oh, I'm incredibly jealous. Yeah. Congratulations on the M1681. We, as we, far as me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the weirdo. You know this, Hank. You know this. Um, on my priority list is I've got some weird calibers. It's going to be big bore. Guns. I can
0: tell. It's going to be an elephant gun. <laughs>
3: well, I, I do need some 93 by 62 two or ammo. Okay. I need some 458 SOCOM ammo. Mm-hmm. But as far as guns... Um, I really, really want like a short lever Martini Henry in 450.577, mm. or I want a uh, <laughs> flintlock brown bass. <laughs> uh, what was the last one? What was the last one? A flintlock brown bass musket as carried uh. by the British Army in the American Revolution. Oh, okay. I already got the, the, so the flintlock cool. rifle, but okay. I need a brown bass musket. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Very cool. Very Calvary
3: cool. Jaeger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If if you if you need someone to set up in in Iowa to, uh you know, to like protest and help, you know, get machine guns on the thing, let me know. You know, as long as you find someone to make uh, food. OK, I think know, we got somebody <laughs> over
3: here. in the screen down here. Yeah, we can
0: get, we can get people over there. Uh, so, Mo, what's what's on your list, man? I know you have a nice gun collection because I, I follow
2: you on IG, so. <laughs> I got friends of mine who got like just <laughs> chest and chest full of guns. Mm-hmm. I don't have any .22s. All my stuff is like, you know, big caliber stuff, you know, like uh, oh, wow. I'm a big fan of 338s. Um i I've got a bolt-action custom-built carbon fiber-proof barrel, uh, only weighs nine pounds. It's got the, uh, you know, it's just, a, just an awesome, awesome unit. And then I've got a, I just bought a Cavari three thirty eight semi, uh and uh so I'm good on my 338s. Um, for me, I want a high end like a Trigicon reap IR something thermal.
0: I More always thermal.
2: watch Hawk killing videos, man shooting video I just <laughs> I just love going down that tech <laughs> So to me on my Christmas list is a Trigicon reap IR. Uh, somebody wants to give Big Mo one? I'd be happy. <laughs> but that's what I want, But uh, that's what I want, man. I, I mean, I've got and that ammo. You know, what I mean, I've got uh, I've got a pretty good selection of three thirty eight ammo. And but you can never have enough, obviously. And mm-hmm. so I've got awesome. ammo cans for awesome. ammo. Um, I've got uh, I'm good friends with IWI. They have blessed me with some good stuff. So I've got I, I just took it out last week in the indoor gun range. But uh. That new Tavor 12, TS12 12, 12 gauge, that thing's a monster. Yeah,
0: man. I'm, I'm a fat, I Tavor know you like bull pups, right? Because I think I think yeah, you do
2: like bullpups. Yeah. Seven that behind me, that's mm-hmm. a 308, and then I've got the uh, TS12 12, 12 mm-hmm. gauge uh, monster. Took it out; it was awesome. And mm-hmm. then I um, got a Masada 9 millimeter. Got a Desert Eagle 50 cal. Mm-hmm. Got a Glock. Uh, got a uh, uh, an early uh Early paranoid, uh, para, uh, para ordinance 45 high capacity back when they were good mm. before they sold out to Remington mm-hmm. and uh, not to knock Remington, but you know, they, no, that's fine. they were- <laughs> but uh, this I don't is, think this anyone's
0: is- gonna complain, yeah,
2: yeah, so uh, but I got an early, early version of that and I love it, and uh, that's that, that's my carry, so long along along with my nine millimeter one, I want to use my Masada, mm-hmm. but then I've got you know, you know, uh, I've got uh, short uh, Black Rain Ordnance pistol 556 that's a bad to the bone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that thing is bad to the bone. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I got, you know, I got that. I got a, C- a beautiful CMG. and That's my gun. Uh, I got a three a and 308, which is a beast. And uh, then I've got some Beretta 12 gauges and um, uh, old school 10 gauge from uh, Browning, uh, which I love. I never get rid of, even though it's old school. That oh, thing no, is man. straight. Yeah, Hey. if you so, want to clear so some stuff you take a 10 gauge browning cause that mad boy man that thing is no joke yeah they what was that you- Roy is that an SP10 or which one
3: is the browning model
2: the basic all black browning uh, I can't remember the name but a browning 10 gauge hmm
0: okay. okay how come oh. you don't have 22 big Mo?
2: I got I got some 22 ammo. I just ain't got no 22s. Because he's
1: big, <laughs> big
2: calibers,
1: big. Models. Oh yeah, man. I, I gotta have something thumps, man. Yeah. twenty two just doesn't sound right. No, twenty
2: two is great. If, if, if a zombie apocalypse, that's probably one of the best calibers to have because you know you get a you can pack a gazillion you know cartridges and rounds and then you can go out there uh-huh. and you know as long as you're doing headshots, you're good to go. Yeah. But uh, for me, I'm everything. I, I mean, the most caliber I got is uh 5.56. Everything else is all okay. 308s. 338s you Mm -hmm. know
0: yeah this is a good this is
2: a good point but i just i'm happy everything i got is i'm happy you know i got a gun case here and i got a i mean a gun safe here and i got a gun safe right there and i got everything that i want i really do and i'm real, you know and i'm real specific on what i want and it just satisfies me everything you know what i mean the rest of stuff is just kind of gratuitous but i got everything that i want all i need is more ammo (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's it so i'm gonna yeah. come
2: see brown else for that
1: yeah um yeah he, and, uh i've i've got the you know it reminded me uh, when when you said you know what's your project um thermal is is on my list too mo mm-hmm. and um I, I i tell you i have to get a give a shout out there's there's some guys on youtube uh hans east texas mm-hmm. uh probably around your area and also, uh, Jason from Outdoor Legacy Gear, they do uh, the Late Night Vision podcast and they're reviewing all this thermal. And, you know, I've been, you know, I love the Trigicon stuff. I mean, it is definitely, they, nothing gets any better. Uh, the resolution um but but, you know for me i'm just kind of like if it doesn't come with a stamp like a transferable something or another where i feel like i feel like i'm spending a lot of money for a a big screen tv that like in six months or a year it's worth half what i gave for it but i still want to function Mm -hmm. so so i've been looking like at the pulsar lines um you know a lot of value just trying to figure out what i want but But you know the hard thing about thermal, and I know that there's other guys out there that feel this way, is you know you're spending three, four, five, six, seven, you know whatever line you're looking at, thousand. And it's mm-hmm. like buying the car without ever test driving it. Like you, you I, can't even look through it before you get it, and once you get it, you're stuck with it. So yeah. you know that's I'm that's hard. I'm
2: I'm I'm trying to give a you know trying to get a deal with Brownells where I go and, and I cut the grass for once a week for the next five years. They
1: got it. up on the shelf. I don't
2: know why they mess messing around. Don't saying, hey, uh, gonna, don't, man, don't, don't float that lift. idea if you're not. Hold up, man. We can put you on goose patrol. I'm getting done. I
3: mean, they
2: got to be paying. Somebody to cut that grass. I'll cut it. Yeah, man, you up, man.
0: You, You're floating an idea <laughs> that they might actually go for, man.
2: <laughs> Tell me, I want one of them nine thousand dollar IRs, man. I, I want the thermals, man. And they got it. They got it sitting on the shelf.
3: Yeah. But- Go ahead. I heard that somebody likes the giggle switch, is what I just heard. Somebody likes the the yeah. the third position on the safety I mean, switch. Who does
0: it? Who doesn't like oh, full baby. auto? Oh baby! Oh yeah. yeah! Full auto is the way to go. I I always tell people my the the like the fun the the most fun thing to me. Right? I think twenty two is awesome. By the way, uh, full I auto. Love 22. Yeah, full auto twenty two suppressed. Oh baby!
2: They're <laughs> no. bad. I shot one. Yeah. The Forscott guys got one and they brought it, they brought it down when I was over, over at Adam Roche's house. And that thing is awesome. Full yeah. full auto twenty-two. Yeah. As
0: long as you so don't have jams, as long as you you know I mean yeah. right. eventually it's gonna get dirty because it's 22. So after I, that, I'm gonna put I'm gonna say nine millimeter or forty-five full auto suppressed.
3: I, I love full auto. My favorite full auto is an M240 Bravo. I've shot one of those suppressed and it's a Cadillac. It's unbelievable. Really? Everybody should have one of those. But but uh twenty twos, that's what I grew up shooting. Mm-hmm. And a, a good bolt action, accurate twenty-two is a thing of simple and pure joy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mean, yeah.
3: And you can also you know, I count how many times I've been in the backyard or on the back forty or I used to live on thirty acres in Arkansas before I moved to Iowa. And just go out with a five hundred round box brick of twenty-two inches. Mm-hmm. Every single round over the course of an afternoon in the evening, and it's, it's just the most beautiful, amazing, fun, relaxing, awesome
0: thing to do. Yeah, exactly. and twenty twos can get expensive too, man. Yes, um, they can. Yeah, recently I think Brownell sent me a Volkortsen, uh trigger. Actually, Babyface did a video with that recently. I don't know if you saw that or not, Roy. I gotta, I gotta tag you on it. Oh yeah, but send you, me the video. Yeah, yeah we'll send you, could you could get, uh, you could, you could really get expensive you know oh, you, yeah. you can get into 22 cheaply <laughs> or affordably but then you can drop a lot of money More trying to money. trying to build that up in there you know what i mean so right, there's, right. there's lots of different ways to go there um have you guys noticed a run on the 22 before we move away from that it's, is, are people buying a lot of the twenty-two or twenty-two ammo still there, good in stock? The there store
3: there was there was a whole lot of twenty-two buying going on, and I've mm-hmm. read some articles. I haven't checked the website to see what if twenty-two was in stock mm-hmm. because quite frankly, I'm sitting on several thousand rounds of twenty-two myself, <laughs> so I haven't really paid attention.
1: Now, yeah. I, I
3: learned from the from from the Great Panic of twenty
1: thirteen is when yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, have, I want to ask it, a question. Mm-hmm. Everything's because yeah. all of us all of us went through or, or at least to my knowledge we, we were all great gun 2013 right? Yeah, right so none of us are new and and we remember that and i might be sitting on a few rounds uh, <laughs> going into the going into the covid thing uh-huh. Is that five or six
3: six figures? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that's asking personal <laughs>
3: Um,
1: but, but, you know, so here's my question. Sure. I already know what I have, and mm-hmm. you know what you have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Were you like me? Did you still buy some ammo during this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still did. And I'm like, I don't even need it. No, but, I, I buy, but I didn't I buy overpay. Week. I, I didn't overpay. Yeah. So I just right. I just watched for deals, and I knew right. kind of what the market was right. running anyway. And if I saw right. a deal, I was like, "Eh, I can't." You know, dear Lord, I'm weak. I'm about to make this gun purchase. You're not weak. It's not you're a not sin. <laughs> That's not you a were sin. You're prudent
3: and forward thinking because yeah. for, you got burned in the 2013 panic yeah. on 2013 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll give you an example, real example. As soon as I am able to, when when this COVID stuff slows down. I will never have fewer than about 250 rolls of toilet paper in my basement. Where, <laughs> pal? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's
1: like rappers. It just a spoil. They're going to like, oh, <laughs> I got all the TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, God. I, oh, once, once, right. once I, I,
3: two, I did not understand. There will always be a stockpile of at least 250 rolls of toilet paper in my basement from here yeah. on I out. Did
2: not, I did not understand when this crap busted out, <laughs> what is the deal with the toilet paper? uh because okay give you the
0: no i could tell you what it is i could tell you what it is if you ever look at the lists of what you of the most valuable things in an apocalypse toilet paper is always high up there so it's, it's just just dis- beca- because
2: some
1: people there's a perceived in person the backyard
2: and grass and leaves i could make it happen
1: yeah yeah, but I people think. Want to. Huh? So, so is, it's, just like, to. it's <laughs> just like having yeah. a having a backup, having a backup whole house generator for your house, right. you know, right. and, and a propane yeah. tank. It's right. awesome. But in a true, you know, grid down situation, like your is only gonna last so long. Right. You know? Yeah. And the same thing with the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And I right. think it was like an escalated problem. So it started out, maybe there was a few people buying, and then everybody's like Oh, crap. There's yeah. not a lot left on the shelf. Yeah. I better get some so they get it. And then every time it comes back in stock and then it creates this feeding frenzy yeah. and it's like, oh, well, I, frenzy, Is
0: right. it, so yeah. I think I, th- I came in before we started this. You guys I could hear you guys from when I went to the bathroom, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. But you guys were talking about the beef we situation. We could hear you, too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I don't call it draining the dragon for nothing. But anyway, so <laughs> when... Uh, <laughs> oh, definitely TMI. <laughs> when uh, So, you know, do you guys think the same thing's happening when it comes to beef? Do you think we're going to run into well, a situation like, a, like
1: that? hundred yeah, percent.
2: We're going to meet meat shoulders. Uh, here's the thing about it is, the, when, when you're seeing diesel... At two dollars a gallon, one ninety-eight a gallon, mm-hmm. the old refineries. I take it that's a good precursor of what's coming in in the cattle in the port. I know it's totally two different opposites, but there's a glutton. Mm-hmm. There's a. They have nowhere to put fuel. They have nowhere. Storage tanks are full. That's why they have. I mean, they're paying people to take fuel. Hmm. You know, suppliers are paying. You know. The, you know, distributors are paying. Uh, you know, just to take the fuel because they have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. The same things going to happen. I've already noticed that I bought some pork over the weekend. I'm in Iowa, baby. We in pork country. Pork <laughs> country. Uh-huh. And I bought when I cooked I cooked Iowa chops this week weekend, dude. And I paid I can't remember. It was it was it was pretty expensive. Why? Okay, is there's um, going to be a shortage of pork? It's going to be
0: Is there be is sh- there a production pork. shortage of uh of of pork? Is there or is it What's uh, the yes, reason? I
2: don't know, man. Yes. But I know I paid more money than I ever paid for a pork chop. Really?
1: So, so it's not it's not on the farm. That's not where the production shortage is. It's in, it's in the plants and, and getting the beef processed, and, the, and yeah. there's a supply chain issue. Mm-hmm. So Smithfield exactly. is the largest supplier of pork in the U.S., mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. FYI, is an aside, it's a Chinese-owned company. Yeah. Yep. If really? If you didn't know that. Okay, no. Yeah, I was with
2: Smithfield. I was, I was, I was with Smithfield, then I left couple years ago yeah oh wow
1: well you could tell more than than i do so i i see it from a a small producer standpoint and from a consumer um you know we've got a number of large plants that are shut down uh they had you know COVID issues and they and they shut down well it doesn't take many of those large plants i mean they're they're literally harvesting and processing thousands i'm talking double digit thousands a day and so exactly. when so when you stop that Water somewhere Yeah, and, and, and there's there's cold storage in America. So there's big freezers and they have thousands mm. of tons of cold product because I watch the market reports every week as a farmer, and I, I try and keep up with live cattle prices, live hog prices, and also all these futures, which is like the stock market. And mm-hmm. the cold storage report is always an important one because that shows the backlog of product that's out there, which will affect the supply and demand. So I know that exists, but at some point when you're not producing those thousands and thousands of, of animals a day you know, to the end consumer – Yep. There's going to be a hiccup. There's going to be a bump, right. and people, y'all, guys, y'all think toilet paper was an issue. People yeah. will freak out. My phone has been ringing off the hook. Hmm. I'm very appreciative of the business, you know, and, and and it's difficult. Even so, our small local plant is still running, and they do a great job for us here. But they can only do so much. They're at max capacity, hmm. and you know, I, I've got the TV network uh would like to get product back on air so that we can sell it nationwide and, mm-hmm. and try. and, But, you know, I'm having trouble even locally getting enough animals to supply the demand. I've got the animals, mm-hmm. but getting them processed. So it's oh, a microchasm right. okay. of what's happening oh, okay. Okay. yeah, nationwide. So, so it, since
0: this all hit, you haven't been doing the shows because of the processing, getting the supply out there.
1: Well, when, once we sold out completely of product, I, mm. I have been back on the network, mm-hmm. um, and I actually did some cooking last time. You know, we want to keep uh, the my my face, how however awful it looks, we want to keep it in front of the customer right. and, <laughs> um, you know, do some stuff on air. And, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've been promoing some products for them, and— um, you know but not able to get so to, to do it for tv it's a little different and it's a little more complicated so we have to take animals to the local processing plant have them harvested and broken down and then we have to transport that product to another facility that has some different machinery and they can repackage it and then ship it back to atlanta it all stays here in georgia and it's housed in a, in a great frozen warehouse in Atlanta. And then once those orders – so I go on air, and we start receiving hundreds of orders from all over the U.S. And electronically it comes in, and we have to ship that out. But it's not just as simple as I take the cows to the processor, and then it's ready in a couple of weeks, and, and we go on air. I, I guess that's what – causes the supply chain issues mm-hmm. when you get to these bigger and bigger companies mm-hmm. the only way i'm getting product to people right now literally is is a, a driving distance you yep. know in, in a very small quantity my phone's ringing off the hook and it's yep. not hey do you guys have some steak available for sale or a couple of pounds it's like hey man do you have half a cow we'll send you a deposit now you know and yep. and i am i'm you know i'm i'm thankful mm-hmm. And, you know, I I never want to be perceived as capitalizing on people's hardships. That's not what I was ever in the business for. I'm just trying to provide a solution because people, they, they obviously, food is a necessity. It's one of the prime necessities: air, water, nutrients. Those are the top three. You can forget toilet paper is ever up in that list. Yeah, you can't eat that. You
0: can't eat that toilet paper either.
1: So, you know, but but we're only able to produce what we can produce, and you know, we're sending the truck literally into town, like we're our own little like kind of food truck. Deal, We are licensed to be able to sell direct to consumer and uh, we're, we're getting it out as quickly as we can produce it. But there already is a food shortage. OK, to, so to you're, so
0: you're, you guys are saying that people are going to like if they go into the stores, they're going to notice this already. Or is it just in certain areas that this is noticeable?
3: Are Already seeing it locally shopping for groceries, mm-hmm. uh, the meat counters in the local grocery stores are a little bit thin. I, I wonder how much of that is because of – obviously, there's a supply chain issue when a huge yep. giant like Smithfield shuts down a, a processing plant that mm-hmm. does, as, as, as we'll say, double-digit thousands of animals a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that exactly. just goes away as long as they're shut down. And then it's the self-feeding frenzy of everybody reads the news mm-hmm. story. Oh, my gosh, there's going to be a meat – okay, I – I may or may not have brought home like four or five bags of chicken Mm -hmm. from the grocery store the other day. Mm -hmm. because everybody
1: does. Mm -hmm. There's going
3: to be a shortage. Oh, my gosh. People are going to snap it up. I better get it now. I I, I just also want to throw in with the supply chain issue. I am not involved in the food industry in any way, but I did read an article that said that something like 60% of the American food production goes to restaurants. For like the last month, month and a half, most of the restaurants have been closed down. Mm -hmm. So there's just literally nowhere to send 60 percent of the food being produced so that's why farmers exactly. are dumping crops on the ground yeah euthanizing that's what on. we
0: saw i know lola and i were looking at something about milk right the same yeah. thing going
1: on with milk They're
2: just dumping it on the floor
1: yeah 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 because there's
2: nowhere to send it
1: wow. well you know i, I wanted to i'm keep producing yeah yeah and I'm, I'm glad we got into that subject because you know i i'm even though I am a cowboy for a living. I'm a a beef producer. I've been in the business 10 years. I've seen a lot. Um, but I'm certainly not the expert of all experts, but I just don't get the whole, you know, euthanizing animals. They're, they're live animals. You know, we do, we do harvest. And and for those that are just tuning in or, or might catch this out of context, we're, you know, Obviously, to produce beef or pork, it comes from a live animal. You do have to euthanize the animal to uh, harvest it for yep. food production. But yeah. that, you know, that's going to nu- nutritional value of people. Um, yeah. What we're talking about here is is the media more? I haven't seen the realities of how this is actually <laughs> happening, but you know, and and it and it could be you know what I call the media terrorist attack. You know, I think they like to incite. Uh, fear and you know create I, I, news. I, I, I,
2: I believe that, man. I really do.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I just don't get the the fact that we're mm-hmm. euthanizing animals for no benefit at the end, simply because all of a sudden they're portrayed as we're running overrunning supply. I get it. Milk spoils, okay, but that's not the animal itself. It's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. I get it potatoes or lettuce or you know the list could go on and on but a lot a living breathing animal hey Mm -hmm. this is gonna pass and that animal still gonna be alive in a month so i I just i totally don't get the fact unless it becomes economics so animals do reach a finish for for you know if you haven't been involved in in food production Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is at a certain age and maturity, and if you are finishing them uh, on a grain supplement in our case or full feed uh, in the commercial market, um, so they they reach a point that they're not going to gain any more weight. They're not going to get any fatter, and they, they will get a little more fat, but it's all lost in the end because it's exterior fat. Exactly, and I, 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 and and economically, if you continue to feed that animal more and more, we say it just the money is just passing through exactly. the animal, you yeah. know, and and that could be the reason that they're doing yeah. it for economic reasons. Yeah. But if it is, it's a horrible reason, right? You know, exactly. because you know, I I do harvest a lot of animals every year. For people, but I have a love and respect for the animal, and I literally am thankful that hey, this animal gave its life because it's gonna feed a nutritional meal to this family that exactly. needs it. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's what it's all about.
2: That's yeah. exactly right. I, yeah,
1: I have relatives
3: in Arkansas who raised uh, chickens specifically for a, a a certain huge global multinational poultry processor that everybody knows the name of. Right. Uh, right and i'm i'm just thinking about the way they they operated because they would get literally in each chicken house tens of thousands of chickens mm-hmm. literally tens of thousands of chickens per house and they would reach a certain age and then the guys who were paid by the company would come in and catch the chickens and load them on trucks and take them to the processing plant if because the chickens were basically contracted specifically to Tyson and if Tyson lost 60% of their customers and they didn't have anywhere to put – You know, they, they lost more than half of their customers for the chickens because the restaurants aren't serving. They, they just tell them – it never happened, but if they were still in the chicken business, I can absolutely see Tyson saying, hey, we got nowhere to put these chickens you raised for us. Uh, euthanize them. Sorry. We got nowhere to put them. Yeah.
0: Well,
3: they, couldn't, they couldn't hang on to those so chickens. So there's a couple of weird things <laughs> yeah. going
0: on here. Obviously, schools aren't open and uh, restaurants right. aren't fully open. I know they're doing uh, drive-up or curb – curbside depends service. It
3: yeah, yeah. depends on the state.
0: Yeah. The the funny thing is is also in states. Um I haven't seen it in Florida, but maybe in some parts of Florida this might be happening. But there's states where there's lots of people on the uh, food pantry lines. Oh Yo, yeah. yeah. You know. So I, I don't I oh, yeah, don't, I don't really understand. Yeah, oh. I don't see how we're going to waste stuff when we also have people standing on lines and then on top of all of that on the outside of all of this This is really a situation that we created for ourselves. So, obviously, to me, there's something happening. People are getting sick. But the numbers that they try to scare us with, to go back to what you guys were talking about, the media, getting everyone hyped up and scared so that we just keep our eyeballs, you know, like glued onto them, uh, Mm -hmm. that stuff they hyped us up with and even hyped up the government and got everyone like, oh, we got to do something, shut everything down. We created that. This is oh, yeah. this is a problem that we're gonna pay for. Well, and and lots of yeah. lots of companies are gonna be laying off people here. Yeah. It's gonna get it's worse. And, and we created yeah. it.
1: Here's, here's a thought that I had this afternoon on that exact scenario. And and I know I'm one individual, mm-hmm. but I do not personally know one single person that has had COVID 19. Not one person mm-hmm. yet. Everybody I know has been affected by COVID 19. That's
2: true. I'm going to say this thing. I have not, I, 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 even though, you know, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a family of six and, uh, I have two daughters that have medical conditions. And, uh, so I know how serious that it could be. I didn't take it seriously in the beginning to be honest, mm-hmm. um, until I start reading up on it. And I'm just, uh, even though I've been out multiple times without a mask on, and there's times I do have a mask on. But um, when you see, I thought in the beginning it was just people that were like old nursing homes, mm-hmm. you know, then I start seeing these people that are young and getting it. And I, to be honest, I thought I had it last winter because I'm a pretty, i've heard
1: that so many times a
2: pretty, mm-hmm. healthy guy and i don't never really get sick at all mm-hmm, i'll yeah. get a little touch of flu for like two or three four days and then it's gone and i remember last fall uh I don't, know, I don't know if it is or not but you know i think this thing is, has been here before i don't know because last fall like going on november december uh i had a uh this cold that went straight to my lungs. It was weird. It went like straight to my lungs and I never have no lung problems. I never have any, you know, I'm, I'm, i, I have a pretty good immune system, you know, been thankful, you know, and it was, I get the chills. Uh, I had a fever. Uh, it took me about seven days to shake it, which is really weird and, and unusual for me. And, um, I shook it and, but it, these symptoms that they were saying it could have just been the flu but you know man i don't know man i mean people that are completely you think that'd be completely healthy and fine and then they take you out of there because what it does is just attacks your lungs and you basically suffocate you choke out Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. uh and no matter how strong or healthy you think you are like i said again i don't know nobody around me who's got it you know and but you know it's out there you know and um
0: I think that so. For example, the I, I do know I do know like several people, but um, they're people that I've met. So Walter from Safety Harbor Firearms is in the chat. I know I his sister. This. Yeah, his sister in Vegas, and then his uh, two brothers in law in uh... louisiana so i you know i believe it's a thing but i don't believe that it's as widespread and destructive as they said and yet for sure there's some people out there who are being uh... you know really badly affected by this but i think probably sure. when when they actually count all the beans on this one they'll find out that a lot of us already have this thing probably yes. on the level of like seventy oh, yeah. yep. percent yes yep.
3: yes and I then this it. is something i've taken some heat For on social media because I'm, it's not my ideas. I'm doing things like posting Mm -hmm. uh, Governor uh, Cuomo of of New York's numbers, Mm -hmm. where he had a fifty. New York State had a fifteen thousand person antibody test done, Mm -hmm. and according to their numbers, something like almost twenty percent, nineteen point nine percent of all New Yorkers tested positive on a fifteen thousand person sample, and then they extrapolate from there. A darn near 20% of New York City inhabitants have already had COVID 19. And if that's the case, that means there's been 1.6 million ca- cases of this stuff that had no symptoms mm-hmm. that people have already had. Yeah. And it's, it's replicated over and over. I mean, like on the USS Theodore Roosevelt, the Naval yeah. example, there's 840 cases. Like, Mm-hmm. Four or five hundred of those cases had no symptoms whatsoever if they hadn't been in the Navy, mm-hmm. where the Navy could mandate that they had to get tested. Right. Because I, I personally know people who, who were suspected of having it, and then they tried to go to a hospital and get tested, and the hospital said, no, you don't have the symptoms we're not testing you, we're gonna save the test for the folks who have the symptoms. So it's looking like in, in 50, maybe even 60% of people who get this thing never even know they have it because they have no symptoms. So that means, uh, and I looked at this up to today, there's like 3 million confirmed cases, people with symptoms who went to a hospital who got tested, who were verified. Mm-hmm. If there's 1.6 million undetected cases in New York City alone, there's millions upon millions of people in the US who have it right now and don't know it, or who yep. had it in the last couple of minutes, months and never knew it. Mm-hmm, yep. Because the only way you get antibodies in your blood is if you had it, right? Yeah, have yeah. yeah. it yeah. and fight
0: off. Yeah, and so the well, thing about that is that we went, because of fear, we went immediately to we have to shut everything down. No one to right. go to the hospitals. That's actually putting hospitals out of business. Out of business. I don't think yep. people realize that most hospitals yep. are going to be laying off people here. If they mm-hmm. a lot of them already started, if if they haven't, it's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. So we The we,
3: hospital I was I was born in in Northwest Arkansas two weeks ago furloughed 307 employees mm-hmm. because they don't have anybody coming in because they're by order of the governor, they were restricted to either COVID nineteen cases or people, you know, like if you got yeah. your leg amputated and you're going to bleed to death. Okay, yeah, they go to the emergency yeah. room, but but they laid off over three
1: hundred employees. The and, hospital I was born
0: in,
3: and well, that's on elect- elective
1: surgeries is where they make their money. Yeah, too, yep. you know, yeah. So. so
0: we shut that down. We shut the whole country down when we didn't have like this super crisis that we had to go to the shutting it down level. You know, and, and well, now we hear that there's first. these ripple yeah. effects happening, well, right?
1: Well, and, and, and I'm not I'm not convinced. So they didn't even have that. They, they have admittedly uh, stated that they didn't have the proper testing available. But all these deaths that were occur, occurring, you know, this person and that person's dying of COVID-19. But everybody that was passing away with a set of symptoms that would could be elderly and had a potential of getting pneumonia anyway or underlying conditions, they pass away and it's like, Oh, COVID-19, you know? And, and and so I think yeah. that the initial figures are completely skewed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I have some uh, ideas of, you know, that, yeah, this is a real thing. Um, pe- people have suffered from it. Yeah. Um, But I, but I definitely think that there's been some political, foul play and all this and, you know, you utilizing the media fear factor. I almost feel like it's a test market for socialism to Mm -hmm. see if we will abide by the government, uh, lockdown to tell us what to do and how to do it. Um, and, and you saw this play out in a lot of the legislation that has been introduced. So the first thing they do is they create a economic climate where we feel globally (laughs) that were dependent on the government. Oh, please send us some stimulus money. And then you've got, you know, people on both sides of the fence. Okay, well to get this stimulus money, you're gonna have to, you know, pass this red flag gun legislation in with it. You know, Mm -hmm. what? You know, change the election laws, Mm -hmm. what? That sounds like China. That That sounds like China saying, hey, you
0: want these these medical supplies? You better you better get that 5G.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, (laughs) I I always say, you you know, anytime we trade a little bit of security from the government Mm -hmm. and uh, for some of our liberties, we all lose in the end. We don't get those back, but that money will be spent and gone. That's true. Yeah,
2: that's true. And that's the thing about when they start enacting laws. It is harder than hell to reverse it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, I gotta uh, ask the question. And that's and, that, and that's and that's just the truth. And I mean, you know, I'm mean, yep. even in my own household. You know, I'm, i I got you know, but I feel like government. I know it sounds crazy. Not crazy, but it's and this is taken to the extreme but government should fear the people people should not fear the government uh,
1: that's not extreme yeah, they, they got t-shirts yes yeah, that's, that's not, not extreme for us that's You're,
0: you are amongst yes. brothers right now man Amen, that's our that's that's mantra that's over here
3: you know I, mean, <laughs> I, I got a question for everybody uh-huh. who else spent their stimulus money on a gun already
0: this uh, besides me well who got Damn stimulus it. money <laughs> I know, so, I did. Excellent. yeah, I yeah, I Excellent. didn't get any Excellent. Trump money. Will, did you get any I Trump money? I didn't get any Trump yeah.
1: money. I, bought yeah. ammo. I, I wanted, ammo. wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> I always wanted to know in the four, you know, for the stimulus check, so uh, was there a caliber or a chambering down there?
3: <laughs> 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 well, mine was 5.56. Five, so so, <laughs> yeah, what chamber LePort? did you spend your stimulus money? <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. I
2: oh. bought me a whole bunch of Prime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, prime, Wait,
0: What's you dropped that whole thing on 338 Lapua?
2: Mo,
3: really? <laughs> should, you know, <laughs> he, he, he dropped that on like half a
1: 338 record. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: you're right. So, and I still got, yeah, yeah, I got some, so I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah,
1: geez. Right. My, my daughter's birthday was a couple of weeks ago. And um, I, I, it was tough, but I had to give up the idea of thermal to get her birthday present. And oh, so I went and bought her a motorcycle. Oh, um, nice. yep. That's she's true, been on man. a little. Yeah. She's been on a little dirt bike for a couple of years, and so I went That's shopping. I got yeah. I got her a nice nice little uh, dirt bike. But but anyway, I was down there and they were talking about you know we don't understand why everybody like everybody's flooding in to buy things and I got to thinking I was like stimulus money, money. nobody's going to buy groceries they're going to the motorcycle shop they're going to brownells. owls heck money. yeah baby Woo! <laughs> i'll take it all that's
3: that's,
0: that's the you got, truth yeah that trump That got, trump got,
3: they gave us our own tax dollars back so heck yeah i'm gonna go heck, buy exactly yeah. exactly
0: yeah it's a weird It's a that's a weird situation um you know, uh K- oh K and M Arms is in the uh K and M Arms, he's in the chat, Ken. By the way, Mo, you're into bullpups, he makes one of the best bullpups in my opinion. Three oh eight version. You gotta you gotta go. go look that up. KM Arms, man. I have to do that. I'm yeah. a
1: bullpup man myself. Oh yeah, he
0: uh KM Arms I, I have one, three oh eight, uh it's so if you ever heard of the uh the Bushmaster M 17s he took that right. and actually perfected it made it into a working, it's like the best trigger on a bullpup. I'm just saying. I don't, Ken doesn't pay me to say that, that, you know, oh, just an awesome, oh. just an awesome gun. So he says, uh, I can't tell you how many rifles, uh, rifles, excuse me, I have sold with Trump bucks. <laughs> so you know, Trump, that Trump Hey, money, that we Trump speak the truth
1: <laughs> on who moved my freedom podcast. <laughs> yeah. Safety no, Harbor. Walt says, right Walt says they're going to SHL. Five
3: mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. Down
1: trigger.
3: Mm-hmm. Bullpump with a three point five pound yeah. trigger. Yeah, yeah. I gotta try that.
0: I have videos on this. You guys should check out. If you go to uh, the Heck Strange channel, up, yeah, look up K and M Arms up there. K and M Arms, and you will mm-hmm. see it's it's freaking badass, man. Mm. Well,
1: you know, I the only way I was able to get a trigger that I liked mm-hmm. uh, in my Tavor was to to run the Geisley uh, trigger. But you know, I Where's really like Hmm, sir. Which 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 the board do you have? I've got the old SAR, the the yeah. original yeah. five five yeah. six, and and you know uh, by the time I I had it down the track, I'd gone so far, you know, mm-hmm. I got the Manicore yep. arms, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the razorback sealer, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and the the ridge on top, you know, to get the proper right. eye relief, and mm-hmm. and I I put a Midwest Tactical uh, key mod front end on it, and you know, mm-hmm. short story, I decked it out. And uh, so by the time yeah. they they came out with the X95, I was like, you know, X95 <laughs> comes out of the box with all that stuff, but I'm already yeah. there. So X95 like, is
0: know, nice too, man. I, I, I still yeah, have no, I have yeah. both. Yeah, I have both. Yeah, yeah. The X95. But I, but, man,
2: yeah. That, seven, that new seven, man. It's 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 a step. Uh, it's it's to me, it's a step up from that 95.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would like to. I would like to get to yeah, get their get seven. It's,
2: yeah, it's, it's got a nice trigger, man. As well as the 12
0: okay. gauge. As well as the 12 gauge.
2: Oh, 12 cool. gauge is a monster. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, my, I was like a T Rex, man. The hair on the back of my neck. T <laughs> Rex. <Dude, laughs> first of all, I went to the range and I, sure I brought three thirty eight and I brought that's pistols the whole, and stuff. The and I had had a bunch of targets and I shot those up, you know, with the rounds. Mm-hmm. And then I saved mm-hmm. the best for last with that twelve gauge baby. And you talking about people? It was a full full lane because when I started dropping those three inch slugs.
1: I was obliterated at Target. I'm and, pretty sure you went past just, the Biden two blast. Yeah. <laughs> <didn't you?
4: laughs> yeah.
1: By the three way, ends, uh, he, he did mag right there, 12-gauge. Everybody's is like, what? That's
0: how you got to do it. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh, speaks yeah. with authority. That's the zombie meat grinder. K&M says, yeah. uh, Ken says, how much did that trigger cost on top of the rifle? By the way, the uh the KM rifle comes with a uh, Elftman. That trigger in there that Roy was talking about is an Elftman trigger.
1: Oh okay. wow. That's yeah, it. so yeah. I, I wanted to cir- I wanted to circle back. Uh, I never I never really got, you know, we kind of diverted. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't trying to, to, to steal his thunder KM. I, I want to no, no, look no, no. into his guns. It sounds sounds like an awesome you know, yeah. the point of me saying the only way I achieved that was, you know, Geisley triggers are awesome. Yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but like he said, I, I, I can't remember exactly. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 300 bucks on top of the, mm-hmm. the rifle cost to get that level of trigger. And if his rifles come out of the box with it, man, that's like And Elfman triggers are no joke. Yeah. I mean, they're they're quality triggers as well. And three and a half pounds is perfect.
0: Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. also the K&M, and, and I really sound like a sales guy for it, but it's uh, all aluminum so mm. yeah, yeah. There you go except what, for the butt pad the i, ha- butt I pad.
1: haven't handled it how does it kind of compare you know feels to, good to
0: me the 30 i i have the 308 which i think mm. is like the way to go um yeah feels it feels good to me man I, i'm enjoying it you know so um i, I, I he hasn't gone I... into 65 creed more yet i was talking to him about it you know um he wasn't he, yeah yeah that would be cool
3: it's got to be six Creedmore, you know, to be to be Oh, Caron, oh okay, you
0: know. okay, okay, Roy. Well, the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the yeah, one, absolutely, gotta be six Creedmoor. yeah, six. So Creedmoor. the only problem
1: that the only problem that I that I could see, and, you know, and and maybe the bullpup is the way to go, but mm-hmm. you know, anytime you're going to run six Creedmore or six five Creedmore, you're going to have more barrel length because I mean it it operates on velocity. It's almost mm-hmm. the the yeah. five five six you know, principle, you know, times 10 up there with the, with the two seventies and the three Oh eights. But, Mm -hmm. you know, typically you'll see any barrel that, that runs and, you know, if you're going to run a short barrel, let's say three Oh eight, you can get away with 16 inches, you know, you're going to need 18 or 20 Mm -hmm. for a six, five Creedmoor. And, you know, so on one side, the bullpup is like the perfect place for that because you get to run the extra length Mm -hmm. but in that shorter package but then the flip side devil's advocate is i wanted the shorter package so if i really want the bullpup shorter package maybe i need to go through Uh, well
0: well phrasing Mm -hmm. phrasing you said you wanted the shorter package don't don't ever admit (laughs) to that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Don't, say, don't, I, don't I, uh, Nobody wants that. the shorter hey, package.
1: On, don't be <laughs> rubbing it. First it was back. dragons, now it's packages. <laughs> yeah, he's <Yeah. laughs> the only one going there. Man. Nobody else going <laughs> there. I go I, there by I, remote. I didn't mind it. I blew him by it. And he had to like
4: put brakes on me.
0: Phrasing. <laughs> uh, Flying Rich gave us a couple of bucks. He says, Roy, can I get into the BOP? You know, you know, All right. I yeah, will make a, a, an
3: email and a phone call tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, fly Yeah, he's,
0: he's trying to get into the BOP there. Okay. But go ahead. Flynn Rich,
3: we, we have not been, I'm, dude, I'm in the middle of week eight from yeah. working
0: for we are, home, We okay? are in the coronavirus shutdown. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Week eight. Yeah, Two, I, got a, I got a bootleg haircut today. I'm oh. not saying where. Oh,
0: geez.
3: But I, hey, but I did, truck, and it and may I'm or may not Texas have
1: home. been by a licensed professional, but it, but it happened. Yeah,
0: I've thrown a man mane
1: going
3: yeah. on. Oh, here.
0: that hair looks. <laughs> those locks look good. What were you saying, Mo?
2: I said I'm hitting. I think Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I'm hitting the Texas man. I gotta. I'm, I'm taking. I sold my barbecue pit, my my competition pit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm ordering a big thousand gallon tank. And I'm going to Lubbock, Texas, and I'm going to Houston, and so I'm going down there. I- I'm looking forward to getting back out in the road because normally I'm always grinding, gone here and there, and you know, and this COVID thing got me locked up at home, which is, you know, it's good. Uh, I was able to get some stuff done around the house and hang mm-hmm. out with the family. Yeah, man, we I'm actually pinned you corona. down
0: to do the podcast. If it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for this freaking corona thing, man, we wouldn't be able to pin yeah, you down.
1: I'd be over <laughs> in Japan in the Japan and actually for the <laughs> military. I know, right? I know. You I know, know <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking that would be so much pressure. The the guy that buys. Mo Cason's competition <laughs> barbecue pit. Jeez. Like there's only one. He can only screw it up from there. Right. You know, like yeah. that, that, he right. is the pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I tell you what, that the pit I have, it's from uh, Rock and W Smokers. I've had it for. I had it in 20, had it built in 2017. Mm. The best offset stick burner I've ever cooked on. Is that on have, your? I is that on, on? I've owned all type of offset stick burners. It is the best stick burner I've ever owned. Is the new one and, or the old
0: uh, one on your IG, Mo? The
2: old one. Here, take, take and and it's got my my ship's crest. I have U.S. And Missouri crest on the, on the on the on the on the on the lid. Beautiful pit. Oh, okay. Beautiful is that the pit. blue the blue seasoned. one? The blue one. The blue okay. one. The blue Guaranteed one. Blue seasoned. One. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it just it just cooks like a champ. Yeah, and it's just easy you know easy to run, and so uh, but it's time for me to I've always wanted a thousand gallon pit. Ooh. And uh, that's a big boy, and I've always wanted one. And uh, these two up-and-coming pit ma- uh, pit builders out of uh, Lubbock, Texas, you know, they hit mm-hmm. me up. Ronnie, and like uh, uh, Ronnie Killen, is a huge entrepreneur, great restaurant tour, barbecue legend. He's a personal friend of mine. I'm going down and hang out with them. Actually, the cook, he's got one. <laughs> he just had one delivered last week. Uh, it's a syntex smoker and uh and i wouldn't buy it until i found out what he said he fired it up last week to cook ribs and chicken on it and we're good friends and he would tell me straight up if it was good or not good because when you get to a thousand gallon pit it's got to flow man uh, a small pit's got to flow when you start getting up to the thousand gallon pit it it is yeah. Yeah, crucial. so
0: what are you what are you using there? Are you using wood coal yeah gas wood.
2: okay sticks of wood. Like, i'm good friends i'm tied in with the, i'm a brand ambassador for b&b charcoal so i just got a shipment today a big pallet full of uh wood and, and lump charcoal and sticks mm-hmm. a pecan mm-hmm. Con, wood is my jam so it's post oak that's my two favorite woods uh, so right. that's yeah. what i got garage full of right now and um and that's and then i yeah, I run that i'll start a bit of coals and i'll add sticks crisscross throughout the cooking process and i'll use post and then pecan, I'll use more. Like, depending on where I'm at, I might use two sticks of post and one Oh, This is every 40, 45 minutes. So, but I could get back to it. a 1,000-gallon tank. You understand, that's a monstrous tank. Mm-hmm. How, how monstrous many cows tank. or pigs will that
1: hold? <laughs> man, that'll hold, I mean, hell. It, it, hell. Oh, Boston it Bucks put, or something, man. That put, Yeah, you could probably four, put, what, 40 maybe? In there all day long. Oh, yeah. God. oh How many?
2: How many? I think one, two, I don't think they're back. You probably put six pigs in there. the pigs are not all that big. I mean, you know, probably 80 pounders. Yeah. You
0: know. wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into Roy. Are you good on time? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're getting to the barbecue portion. Okay. I'm yeah, staying. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, also going to ask. Stuff yeah. I was also going to ask when when we will be able to go to Brownells and get the uh, Big Mo Cason uh, spices and barbecue paraphernalia is.
3: Well, we I were going to to a big on. okay saw barbecue class at, at, at Brownells in March, I think. And I was going to go to it, uh, but it got mm, canceled yeah. because of the yeah. covid
0: so, yeah, when is so, so did you you guys haven't rescheduled that? I take it, I was
3: gonna cook <laughs> that man.
0: <laughs> okay, I better yeah, get an not, invitation, that's all I know.
2: But well,
3: well, you not, were saying post oak and pecan, right?
2: That's my mm. game. I mean, like if I'm competing and if I'm down, depending on where I'm at, like for example, if I'm down in uh, Tennessee, right, I will use a little hickory because hickory is king down there, that's the thing, and uh, even down in Arkansas, a little bit hickory, you know. But like if I'm in Texas. Um, I cook with post, post oak and pecan. Now, if I'm in West Texas, I'm mesquite. gonna use a little mesquite. Yep. Uh, all depends where you're at. If I'm in Georgia, I'm gonna throw a little peach along with some hickory.
1: You oh, know? Yeah. Uh, so you got to you got to know you got to uh, yeah. Applewood. A lot of people do yeah, here in mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. If you're in
2: Wisconsin, use some applewood. Applewood's a good wood. Actually, I started cooking. That's what I used. I use, I, I worked at the water plant and they have crab apple trees. So I used to get a bunch of free crab. Apple, and this actually was really, really good. But you learn that you use what's available in your area, but you also mm-hmm. use what they're used to. Like if you go down, like when yeah. I first start cooking in Texas, I've always been intrigued with Texas and, uh, when I start cooking down there, you know, I'm from Iowa. So, I mean, I'm cooking more like Kansas city style, you know, and right. And when I said, going went out of Texas and South, you learn real quick what flies and what don't fly.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So you get these guys out of Oklahoma, that ain't never cooked on mesquite. Great. Some mm-hmm. trophies won all kinds of stuff. And I remember I was in West Texas and Midland, Texas and these big name guys, I mean, they're friends of mine and, and we were walking away from the cooks meeting, you know, and getting ready for the night. And, and, uh, I said, dude, and I, I, at that time, I already started doing a few cook-offs in Texas, and I said, man, I said, you better add a little mesquite to your pit. I'm going to just tell you that right now. I said, yeah. I said, man, these judges are off the street. and These guys were like, hell no, I ain't never had mesquite <laughs> run through my pit. I ain't put no mesquite in my pit, blah, 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 blah. I said, all right, now.
4: <laughs>
2: no case I was sat in there, cuz, and I'd be running pecan, and every once in a while, I'd throw a little stick of mesquite in that pit. Just every little bit, just every once in a while, maybe every three hours, throw a little stick in there, mesquite. And it was brisket. And to get a brisket call, a high brisket call in Texas, that's a big, for me, that's a big thing because brisket's king in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think I got, it was like 80 teams. And I got like third, second or third in brisket. And all these other guys that, you know, that are supposed to be, you know, you know, they are, you know
0: the big dogs. We the went big. a
2: lot, all that kind of stuff. And they were like at 30th, 40th place. Uh-huh. their eyeballs falling on their head. And I said, I told you, man, some judges <laughs> as they open that box up, dude. What's you open that you box smell up, it and they smell you cooking a brisket on cherry, they're like, What the hell is that? <laughs> Some judges down there like, what the hell is that? You have to set I the palate. When I went to Arkansas, <laughs> I cooked all around Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and, and I and it, my one of my first sauces I ever made was it's killer. It's a raspberry chipotle glaze I made. And I mm. coated my ribs with it. I coated my pulled pork with it. It was money. I was getting trophies here in all Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I took my ass down to Arkansas for the first time. I'm from Arkansas. High love. High love. All hell out you, And live this it, is what you call Arkansas love right here.
4: Yes.
2: Okay, son, I'm from Iowa. And I pulled up with my rig. I dropped this girl and her husband come up, walk up to me. And she walked up to me and she took her hand she grabbed an ass full of cheek of okay, mocha. So she goes, What's up, sugar? How you doing? And I was like, Damn. Welcome to Arkansas. High love, right, baby. And that's what he said. He said, Welcome to Arkansas. Hell yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I cooked my ribs, some killer ribs, and I glazed them with a the raspberry chipotle glaze.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to tell you, that was the first time and last time, not the first time, but the last time I used my raspberry chipotle in competition because I was so angry. Mm-hmm. Because I got my results, and I know these ribs were because I was just at a con- contest three weeks before that. And I got first place ribs. Mm-hmm. And this is when you're talking about cooking in different regions, a different area. Right. You go to Arkansas; they don't know what the hell raspberry chipotle glaze are. Hell, what is that?
0: Yeah. So how let's you know, can we let's talk? Arkansas is weird. Yeah. Well, so I
3: was say Arkansas is weird for barbecue because it depends on which part of the state you're in. Pine Bluffs down the south mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the part of the state. I I lived in Pine Bluff till I was four years old. I I was kind of. Maybe psychologically affected by, but that's out of the stories. But, but <laughs> okay. Northwest Arkansas, it's Missouri style, and the further south you get on the western side, it's more Texas style. My wife's from Blytheville, Arkansas, which is over on the Mississippi yep. River, the eastern style. And the best barbecue restaurant where she grew up is called the Dixie Pig, and it's Eastern Carolina with vinegar sauce type barbecue. Yeah. Hmm. So you got yep. all the different weird. Yep. And it depends on which part of the state of Arkansas you're in, too. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: That, yep. So that that goes right along with the question I was going to ask. How seriously do people around America, from state to state, take this barbecue thing? Is it?
2: It's a religion. Oh man,
1: it's religious It's it's, it's, (laughs) It's alive or dead. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah,
2: man. Yeah. You get humbled real quick if you think if you do not if you don't know how to adjust. And that's one thing I've cooked it all over this great country. That's just that that is what. And I'm a self-taught cook. Mm -hmm. And so I've cooked all by myself all over this country. Mm -hmm. So I've learned. Mm -hmm. Flavor profile. You can just smell them in the air. You can smell the wood. You can smell mm-hmm. their sauces that they're putting on their meat. You mm-hmm. can just pick up so much if you just stop, and just smell, and look, and mm-hmm. you would see exactly what's going on, and you learn. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and I've got tons of trophies I've gotten from Arkansas because I've learned. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got tons in Tennessee and Georgia because you learn of what is is is, is what they like. Because some yeah. judges are from the area. They're not yeah. from yeah. Connecticut. They ain't from North, uh, California. They're, you yeah. know they're from the area. So if you think you're gonna come, hey, I yeah, I was longer, in mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was cooking the KCBS station cook-off. This is my second year cooking. This is 2007. I started in 2006. I took my ha- I drove my happy ass all the way out to Oregon, Oregon, KCBS, thinking that it would be like Kansas City, Missouri, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know? And I cooked a bomb, amazing brisket. And I remember going to the wards, wards uh, 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 where they give their awards. It was in it was at, a, at the fairgrounds. And I was sitting on a picnic table. And I remember these three judges. I'll never forget it. These judges came down and sat at my table. You know, they were waiting to see the results. And these guys were raving over this guy's blueberry glazed brisket. Mm-hmm. Blueberry sauce glazed brisket. I just stood up. And I said to myself, and I'll be frank, I said, well, I'm fucked. That's what I said to myself.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Straight up, mm-hmm. I walked away. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't say it out loud, I just said to myself, mm-hmm. and sure enough, that guy got first place brisket. Mm-hmm. That tells you how different it is. If you took a blueberry-glazed brisket down in northwest Arkansas or nope. Texas and see what happens to it, mm-hmm. you get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You go in Arkansas, that would pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you learn... You learn by hard knocks, by what, you know, by what what rocks and all. A good, a friend of mine, what he used to do, he used to go to grocery stores. If he ain't never been to a town before, he'd go to a grocery store and look at what the barbecue sauce is being sold.
4: Mm. Mm.
2: And you would mimic your sauce after that sauce that's been spit on a shelf. Yeah. So whenever that sauce is on the shelf, it's selling. Yeah. That's what the people are using what in their town. To. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's what yeah. people don't realize. Like, everyone has their taste for things Mm-hmm. And anything else is alien, so it's gonna take them you know, right. that's a that's a really good point, Mo. It's human yeah. nature, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're well, we're all like that.
1: Yep. I, w- I would be remiss. Uh you know, I, I mentioned this before we went live. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got you captive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the cat you're the king of barbecue oh. and brisket is you know, for those so I, Mo, you may not know this, but but I do a little bit of cooking on national television. You know, I'm self taught. I'm not I don't like to call myself a chef because I, I, I'm not honestly,
2: a chef. A, I'm just a pit master, that's all I am.
1: Yeah, man. And uh so I'm just a cowboy that that sat out here by the grill and you know, I've smoked a few things, I've grilled a whole lot. I love it. That's the biggest thing. Um brisket is hard. Brisket and ribs, man. Smoking meat is hard. Brisket to me is harder than ribs um but can you know without giving your deep darkest yeah. secrets on on specialty take us through how do you how do you smoke the perfect brisket because i get asked by customers all the time they're like yeah. it's dry it's you yeah. know i've done this and that well, here's the thing i'm looking for a pencil yeah, yeah. I,
0: <laughs> I, I, I,
2: watch the replay <laughs> i'm gonna watch replay. the replay about it is with with brisket brisket to me is actually one of the easiest things to cook chicken mm. is the hardest thing to cook really mm. if you're gonna eat okay believe mm. it or not because with chicken There's a ton of different flavor profiles, and you have to get the skin right. Bite through skin.
0: Yeah. Okay? I 100% agree. Brisket,
2: there's only so many ways you're going to do brisket. So the thing that's going to win, it's texture. When I judge on TV shows, Mm -hmm. the thing that wins out, it's flavor, obviously, but the big thing for me is I take apart is texture. Texture is Mm -hmm. everything. You can have some great-tasting brisket, but because it's tough or mushy or overcooked, you're done. You're Mm -hmm. not going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, same thing yep. with ribs or chicken, whatever. If you're gonna cook some ribs that are great tasting, but the ribs are tough or the ribs are overcooked, you're done. You just cut your throat. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to brisket, here's the key. When I teach my body- Everybody got closer. All <laughs>
0: All right. I'm no, Including myself.
2: When you're cooking a brisket, the quality on a brisket is paramount. It's paramount for pork, it's paramount for chicken, it's paramount for ribs. But with brisket, it's super paramount. The marbling of that brisket, Mm -hmm. as long as you cook it correctly, it's gonna give you what it's gonna give you. For example, I was a hard neck guy, never had no sponsors back when I first started. No one, I never heard about Wagyu. I cooked a prime brisket. I take a prime brisket, I would go and age it myself, and I got a little refrigerator out in the garage, I would age it another 30 days on it, and I would micromanage that brisket. I'm a one-man team, so I don't have the luxury of having teammates and cooking three or four briskets to to choose from. I took the best of three racks of ribs, 12 pieces of chicken, four butts or two butts, and one brisket, and I make the best of it. So I micromanage it from the beginning to the end. So if you're going to use – I'll give you a quick example. When – it took me a while – and it wasn't until uh, Wagyu started getting really popular in competition. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole story because it had it involved my buddy Tuffy and was kind of a laugh, funny thing. But I actually insulted the, I uh, didn't mean insulter, but I insulted the buyer, uh, the, the, the person who represents Snake River Farms. I was at Miffinson Bay World Championship. Uh, I was overseeing my buddy Tuffy. And she was there, I didn't know who she was, and he was talking and he goes, Hey Mo, this is so-and-so, so-and-so for Santa Farms. I was like, Yeah, okay, what's up? And up to that point, i all I cooked was prime brisket. And he goes, Here you cooked the Wagyu brisket. And I said, No, I ain't paying on blah 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 And her eyeballs got big as poop and she just looked at me and she looked at Tuffy and she goes, Well Tuffy, you have a good day? She goes, Mo you have a good day. Nice to meet you. I'm like, who? So she walks out the area and Tuffy looked at me. He goes, man, you know who that was? And I said, hell no, I don't know. She said, it was <laughs> said, man, she was getting ready to give you free briskets. And I was like, what? She's, <laughs> like, no. She's no. like, yeah. So later on that fall, I drove my happy ass out to Idaho, Meridian. That's where Lakeland Farmers were. And there was a cook-off there. It was the only sanctioned cook-off in that state. So if you won it, you got put automatically put into the Jack Daniels Invitational. So I'd throw my butt out there, and I have my little prime brisket I cooked for years. age it for 30 days. i have marked it with a Sharpie, boom, 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 micromanage it, do my steps, my injection, all that kind of stuff. Well, when I got out there, here you go. She pulls up. She goes, hey, Mo. I go, like, oh, hey, what's up? She goes, uh, hey, I, I want to give you a brisket. I want you to try. I said, okay. And so I did the same steps to that brisket that I did with my prime. Did the same steps, same rub, same injection, blah, blah, blah. When I cooked that the next day, when to go start slicing that off, the first piece that I took was that wagyu brisket. That is when I knew when it comes to competition and for home whatever, quality matters.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I ended up winning first place brisket and I ended up winning the cook-off. It got me into the Jack Daniels that fall. Wow. And ever since then, I was cooking wow. briskets. Okay. But I don't cook. Wagyu all the time at home because I mean, I go to, I can go to Costco and get a prime or I can cook an Angus choice. The key is this. When it comes to a brisket, you want to cook the highest quality marbling you can get. As long as you do your steps right, it's going to give more flavor because what is fat? Fat is flavor. Mm-hmm. Fat is moisture. That's all it is.
0: Flat, fat is at, fat When, is I,
2: when <laughs> I teach my barbecue class, imagine a brisket just like cooking a steak. When a steak is rare... It is at its most juiciest. When a steak is well done, it's lost a lot of moisture. That process between rare and well done, it's the moisture leaving that piece of meat. Imagine that piece of meat, there's a bunch of muscle fibers, and all those muscle fibers are is holding water, holding moisture. And those moisture, those fibers pop to release this moisture. That's what takes the meat from raw to well done, to whatever state you're going to do. Same thing with brisket. So if you can get a brisket that has a higher marbling content, that fat, it's gonna render out and it's actually cooling the, those muscle fibers. It's slowing that process down, allowing you to get the tissues done to done temperature and you're gonna have a juicier, more flavorful piece of meat at the end. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you could take a brisket that's more of a lower quality. Now you gotta be more trickier. It's actually harder to cook a lower quality brisket well than it is a higher end brisket because it's less forgiving. For example, if you're gonna cook a brisket, say, low and slow, I can cook a brisket at 200 degrees pit temperature. And I can cook it for 12 hours at 210 degrees. And at 12 hours I come back, that brisket's resting at 198, 200 degrees. The magic number that I use for brisket, and I use it for my ribs and I use it for my pork butt, it's 203 degrees. Okay. I use it for my Wagyu. I use it for my pork butts, I use it for my ribs. 203 to 205. Okay, that's gonna be that magic number. That's when that muscle fibers, the collagen start to melt. That if you take a brisket raw and you cut it and you pull it apart against the grain, you see the little spider web type, that's the collagen. You're softening that up, but you don't want to completely melt all of the collagen out. That's when you have overcooked brisket and it falls apart.
1: What, what so, temperature do you wrap yours? Do you typically wrap it during the cooking process? Yeah, I do.
2: It all depends on the pit I'm using. If I'm using a stick burner, like my stick burner, you're going to have to stop that smoke process because you want to preserve the color. To me, it's all about color and the internal temperature. Do not get so caught up on internal temperature because every piece of meat is different. You may have two briskets that are the same weight but two different qualities that will cook totally different. So – Generally, when a brisket's at 160, 170 degrees Fahrenheit internal temperature, you should have the right kind of color, that deep mahogany starting to, that bark formed on that brisket. Now, I used butcher paper. Now, when I first started cooking back mm. in the day, I wrapped the whole brisket in foil. That is mm. absolutely horrible. I used to hate it because what happens when you wrap a piece of meat in foil? You steam it. Mm-hmm. So that beautiful bark that you worked hard on, now it's mush. You nice. can take your finger on top of that brisket and rip it across that brisket and the whole seasoning comes right off the brisket.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: When I start cooking in Texas, going to Texas and eating, I start seeing these people pulling briskets out of warmers and start taking briskets out of pits. Butcher paper, non-wax butcher paper, has the same effect almost as foil, hmm. but it allows the meat to breathe so you don't lose the bark. So right. what I do is I'll take two sheets of foil at 160, 170 degrees pit temperature On that brisket, I take it out and I put it on a piece of foil. Then I take a piece of peach butcher paper or white butcher paper, non-wax, and I put it on top of the brisket and I crimp the sides all around. So it's like a boat. So now i got the best of both worlds. I'm not losing any liquid. I'm not going to have that much liquid anyway because the brisket is still able to breathe because the butcher paper is allowing the top of that brisket to escape that extra moisture. So now when you get it done... At 203 degrees, you take that out, which is the most important part, is allowing that brisket to rest. Because what happens is during the cooking process, the juices are pushing from the inside of the brisket outwardly, okay? In the rest period, when the brisket is, has reached the internal temperature, them juices are gonna actually start to start working back towards the center of that brisket. That's why it's so crucial not to cut brisket once you reach your internal temperature. It's so important to let that thing rest in a cooler for two to three hours. To allow them juices to redistribute within that brisket, you're going to have nine out of ten times you're going to have a better brisket all the time by letting it rest.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, man, I totally feel like Luke Skywalker <laughs> listening to Master Yoda. Yeah, yeah. I know. Roy, Roy I like, had a question. For hours. Yeah. No, no, I
2: was going to say,
3: I was going to say, last summer I was fortunate enough to to, to try uh, some of some of Mo's Wagyu brisket uh. and. Oh my lord! <laughs>
2: meat you see, meat but you, watch it too. you have to watch it because depending on where you're going, like when when, when wagyu wasn't a big thing in Texas, mm-hmm. it is now for competition. But when I start competing, the, the people that are off the street because the IBCA was a sanctioned body, all those judges are off the street. They're not eating wagyu. They mm-hmm. some people never had wagyu, mm-hmm. so they're getting briskets that they get it. Local barbecue smoke shop, mm-hmm. the barbecue pit place that's where they're getting it, and they're all cooking just choice brisket. So, what happens is if you're cooking a wagyu brisket, and I can see it in your school, you can see the scores. If you're cooking a wagyu brisket, now they're everybody up to speed now, so they know the difference. But in the beginning, a wagyu brisket was cooked, as you can tell, it's super soft, mm-hmm. super decadent, super rich. It tastes mm-hmm. totally different than the brisket you would get at a place in a typical barbecue place in Texas. Well, those people are coming out of that place and they're tasting that brisket. They think it's overcooked because it's so soft. Mm. So soft. And they think it's overcooked and they're going to score you down because they think something's wrong with it. That's the same thing with Berkshire. I'm an Iowa boy and I was a big Berkshire guy. Berkshire hogs, the old school Berkshire have a very distinct flavor to them. That's oh, old yeah. pork. That's how pork used to taste before uh, producers have bred all the marbling out of these hogs to get them to market fast. You take a Berkshire and a Duroc, that's why I use Duroc now. But a Berkshire, if you taste a Berkshire, it has a very strong pork flavor. But if you don't oh, know goodness. if a judge is getting their stuff at Costco and Sam's Club, when they taste that pork, they're gonna think it's off-putting because it's so different.
0: Okay. You're going over their and heads.
2: So you gotta play the game. Mm. I mean, you got you got I mean, you you can see it in your score. You might get ten, nine in appearance, and all of a sudden with taste, they're gonna give you a seven. Out of nine, because they think something's wrong with it, because it's really rich. Some people will call it gamey. It's not gamey. If you taste a good Berkshire, it is wonderful. But that's mm-hmm. how pork used to taste. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Let that's- me let me get to this. Uh, Armament and axes gave us two bucks here. He's actually been giving us uh, some some uh, some dollars here. Uh, he asked this question. He says, "Moe's best method for filet mignon."
2: Oh, she I got a, you go to my. I got a cognac sauce that I make, dude. That is just fire. You go on YouTube, mm-hmm. you can see it. But they I do a, a, steak, a <laughs> I do a steak. You can use it on any steak. You, you can use it on pork loin if you want. Mm-hmm. But I do a butter cognac sauce on steak, and I want a lot of steak cook-offs with this bad boy in Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, I got to get some of your sauces and rubs. yeah, I'm sad. yeah. That's you so get what, it, man. So I wait, wait, before. wait. That was butter. Wait, hold on.
0: That cognac. was butter cognac? cognac
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't go wrong there. Okay. No, man. High-end French brandy.
0: Yeah, baby. Say that again. Yeah. Say that again, Roy. High-end
3: French brandy oh. is what cognac yeah. is. Oh, okay, yeah, okay.
2: Right. And, uh, and uh, I have a, I have a recipe on YouTube. You just go Moe Big mo on cognac sauce. Mm-hmm. And I I'm do it's butter, it's green onions, it's a little bit of my beef rub, it's a little bit of Kiko Min's Lois low sodium soy sauce. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a little bit of Dijon mustard, grape coupon, and you melt that up, and you get it, you get all the flavors to meld and then you take your steak. Now I'll make a compound butter where I'll take some herbs and I'll take some soft like Irish butter and I would incorporate some chopped herbs and then I would put it in a cellophane bag, twist it to where it makes a log, put it in the refrigerator, let it get solid, then, and, and the steak gets done, uh, season with mo' on beef rub or Texas brisket rub that I have, mm-hmm. or my steakhouse rub. All mm-hmm. of it's fantastic. Slice off a tab right before the steak is done, put the tabs on, but before I do that, I'll hit it with that cognac sauce. I only flip my steak once, so I'll get my crosshatch on one steak, flip it, and then that's
1: I was going to ask Gr- grill or if you uh, – because a lot of times I'll do it in like a cast iron skillet. I'll sear it and then finish it in the oven. That's probably the cheater's way, but, man, it, it makes it perfect.
2: I uh, Yeah, I'm the kind of person where I'm all about flame kiss. I'm a real mm. big flame kiss grill guy. Mm. So I've had – I've been at some high-end restaurants in Chicago that are known for doing that. And uh, it's just to me it's not the same as having flame kiss. Um, there's something to do when you're cooking meat over fire. Oh, percent like when, when I do my briskets for competition, and right. it all depends on where I'm at, because if I'm doing it in Tennessee or wherever, I don't do this. If I'm in Oklahoma or if I'm in Arkansas or if I'm in Texas, I'll do this. I'll have a, 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 a drum smoker, and I'll have a, a low fire in the charcoal basket. Low. The distance between that fire and the top of the grade, 17 inches. And I'll take my brisket and I'll season it up after it's all ejected and all ready to go. I put it over a low fire for an hour. I do about 20 minutes on meat side down and I'll flip it on fat side down and I put it. And when you have meat dripping off of a piece of meat hitting the fire, that is a wonderful – a smoke will not do that. Yeah, because yeah. the fire's in a different location. Yeah. that's what gets so your tongue I, ready. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and my, my, my default about an hour. Then I'll have my stick burner running. It's at three hundred degrees, and on my and my grill is at three hundred degrees. So my stick burner's at three hundred degrees or two seventy five, and then I'll do my brisket over a low fire for about an hour, and then it trans then I transfer it over to my stick burner and take it out the back end, cook it correctly like I would normally traditional brisket. What happens is at the end, when you slice that brisket eat that brisket. That brisket will have a slight hint of grill flavor, like a steak. Mm. Then it has that long smoke flavor, like you cook on traditional brisket. Hmm. That's the one-two punch. See what I'm saying? Then it just oh, hasn't yeah. been smoked.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, plus, I, oh, I agree with the with the fire kissed. You know, my default method of cooking steak. And you know, contrary to what people would think, as a as a beef producer, I don't eat steak every night, but no. I do eat it quite regularly. Not, and yeah. um there's nothing wrong with that. You know, every my night. default method is <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always the grill. But you know, the I, I guess the reason I do other methods, you know, when it when it comes to like taking out the cast iron or or trying to, you know, change up the flavor and the texture profile. I love grilled meat. But when you eat it so often, it's almost like I'm creating variety within my own products, you know. So it's like a different yeah. texture, a different yeah, taste, kind of kind of artistic with it, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right.
3: But, uh, yeah. Go ahead. But, know, going, go ahead. I, 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 do my, the- I do the cast iron in the winter in Iowa because you can't grill outside because it's you know. Next okay.
2: <laughs> and, but okay. yeah, as soon as it's warm out enough, out. I grill. Yeah, yeah. I do them both. Man, I grill all year long. What do you mean you can't yep, grill? You're from man. I ain't, I
3: ain't yeah, that. everybody doesn't have a thousand. <laughs> uh, I'm from Arkansas. I don't I don't do that negative 30 stuff. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no. let no. me no. let me uh get a couple things in here. Um uh Poe Izzy wants to wanted to know uh I think he yeah, he says, are these sauces available to purchase? So
2: yeah, yeah.
0: so tell yeah, the folks Bo where they get on that from.
2: from.com say it again location on there's certain high V's that carry it. Uh, I don't know if he's in Iowa, and uh, and then Academy Sports carries all my products. You know, um,
1: mm-hmm. you know, we we men- we mentioned this earlier, Mo. Um, I'm yeah. I'm on air with Shop HQ, which is like QVC, yeah. and um, so we sell nationwide. You know, I I don't want to open up a, a full dialogue, but. You know, certainly afterwards, I can't speak for the network, but I know they're always looking for quality uh, products and talent. Oh yeah, what big okay,
2: so I'll be around there with you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Great
1: connection, huh? man. for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I'm trying
2: to get that Trichicon, <laughs> man. I'm trying. I'm trying to work on bringing to Trichicon. Yeah, put me on, man. Because you know, like, what one I is like nine thousand dollars. So, you know, <laughs> hey hey. You might give me a little discount, hopefully. You know, I got a couple awesome. grand for next
3: few years. Moe is a, a know, hustler, man. Mo is a oh, hustler. Man. Oh, yeah. Hey, I just want to know, how do we get
2: these two fine
3: gentlemen together and then uh-uh, margaritas and bring cigars? Yeah, yeah we have to plan how, something. How do we make this and, happen? Man, and, yeah.
1: and, and what it, you know, he's always talking about the quality of meat. You know, that's yeah. uh, I, yeah. I tell everybody that you can't make a Picasso without a right canvas. I mean, you just you, you got to start with the right foundation and, sure, you know, you go. really hit it on the head. And and Wagyu is a great product for for those uh, that, you know, are joining that are not in the food industry or beef producer. What Wagyu is in short, is you may have heard of Kobe beef, it's, you yeah. know, a process that happens in Japan where they massage the cows and beer and whatever. Well, the underlying genetic breed is the wagyu. That is the actual cow itself. So that's kind of gotten uh termed because the Kobe beef is a process. So wagyu is the is the breed yeah, and, and the source. it's yes, yeah, it's the source mm-hmm. and you know here in here in the US um they often breed wagyu with black angus. Exactly. You know,
2: pick farms this. Yeah. It's not wagyu.
1: It's a breed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you know the the purpose of that so why why are they utilizing wagyu you talk about the marbling so the usda has a rating scale you know select choice prime prime being the top tier well true kobe beef measuring wagyu cattle is is an a1 through 5 rating and it's it's prime plus um and you know it it's a it's a Excellent product. Sometimes I think it's misbranded in the U.S. You know, it it might be deemed Wagyu and it's not really true. That's exactly
2: right. I'll put it out there. Sacred Farms does not have 100% Wagyu. A true Wagyu brisket is not very big in depth. You need Angus for that. The height of that brisket, like when I'm cooking 21-pound briskets, okay, they're not a a, a true Wagyu is not going to give you that unless it's a really old cattle. Most of them are going to be more flatter and more wider. They're mm-hmm. so thinner. I've mm-hmm. had Wagyu steak brisket that looked like flank steak once I cooked it. Okay? But you need to, in order to get that girth, you need to blend that with Angus. You need to get it, you know, to where you get some height to it. Because what happens is you eat with your eyes. I cook briskets, 100% Wagyu briskets, you know, Yagashi, whatever it's called. i cooked those before. And, and you cook them, and... You're looking at it and your eyeballs about falling your head because it looks like when you're slicing it, it looks like flank steak. Cause I mean, literally it's like <laughs> an half an inch, three quarters <laughs> of <Yep. inch> <laughs> like a strip. Like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people are, are are not used to seeing brisket like that. They're you know, they're looking like, What the hell is this? Yeah. You know, now, now you just cut your throat because you're gonna get hurt on your appearance because they're gonna think that you don't know what the hell you're doing and you're turning in flank steak instead of brisket. So <laughs> that's well, why Yeah, you know, let me let me and, let and, me, and, go and, and, and ahead. the thing is I don't I'm a fan of Wagyu, but I'm not – like, I just cook some Wagyu uh, uh, beef ribs. I mm. cannot eat 100% true Wagyu. It's too rich. It's too fatty. Like butter. It's too rich. Like, I cook some beef ribs. Like, when it comes to beef ribs, I want choice or I want prime. That's it. Mm. To me, the mm-hmm. less fat is better. Okay. Well, I want to get you some – some... It's so fat and it's so rich that you take one bite, you're done. Mm-hmm. for me mm. I want to do it I cooked some amazing beef ribs not too long ago and they were a Wagyu and you know what the best thing I did with that I took one bite of that beef rib I cut all the meat off of it chopped it up and I put it in with scrambled eggs the next morning <laughs> that's what I
0: did I'm
2: going to tell you that right
0: now Lola just keep, just keep... Wagyu beef ribs woman um, yeah.
1: Let me. Uh, let me. I, I definitely <laughs> want to get you some uh, some Bear Creek Hell at, at yeah. Some, yeah. some point yeah. to try. Right, right, right Just, so, that's right, man. Yeah. yeah let me. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> hey, in Japan they got Kobe beef, <laughs> and they're 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 feeding them beer and they're massaging them. Man, I'm out there wiping the cattle's behinds every day. Right. We got we got <laughs> the most. Prepared
3: beef, there it is. Go ahead, Roy. I've eaten Bear Creek too, and it is fan.
0: It is. It's good stuff. Let's do it, man. Let listen, like Roy said, like Roy said, Roy, you gotta make this happen somehow, man. We we gotta
1: get these gentlemen together. You have to make an event somewhere. Guys that love beef, love cooking love guns and love this country how could you go wrong yeah. come on bro that
2: thing could happen man yeah.
3: and
1: I'll make margaritas yeah. all I
2: want in return is that Trijicon that's, <laughs> that <laughs> <could laughs> that's all I want
3: that could be give arranged
2: I'm asking for Trijicon that's all I meant
0: that
3: could be
2: arranged give me that thermal man yeah. come on Pol- I do which, which Trijicon is I don't know if we sell yeah. that
3: bro. yeah you need to look do oh, down I
2: know selling. Look at
3: me. Don't he, the down
2: on you. You he sell wants the best he
1: yeah. wants the IR Hunter or the IR Reaper yeah Poe yeah, Pol- is
2: yeah, the hundred. Give
0: me the hundred. The hunter. Yeah, the hundred the one. That I, that's what I want. Uh, Poe Izzy said Mo owes me a new phone. I took a look at his site and it ate my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good
1: one.
0: Love it. Um, yeah. And the rain says he never had beef ribs. So let me get this in here. Listen, we we should we should probably try to arrange some kind of thing here and get people in on this because we are teasing the living. Like my my brain right now is gonna explode just talking about. To talk about hey, all these different I tell things. you
2: what we do we, we, we do uh let's do let's all get together and let's do like a first responder or something deal I'll donate some mocase on cutlery I'll donate some rubs some sauce some rub some shirts Brownells, do, 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 donate some swag you deliver some dry edge meats you we'll know, Hank, it. you just come bring yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll let's eat. Are we
3: working an iguana yeah,
0: hunt in this too? Let's go South
3: down
2: 20 where 20. Hank
1: lives. Go yeah. where he lives.
0: <laughs> you guys are welcome. Yeah, a, you guys put
1: welcome. a hunt in on it, and man, he yeah. couldn't ask Dude. for more.
0: Yeah, we can make it happen. So uh, back
1: the beef deep.
0: <laughs> so let me get this on the steak. On the steak, I know you were talking about rare, and then uh, well done. So I know people, people get on me because I like my uh, steaks well done. That's mostly because <laughs> – I know. You can get mad. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it. Is that a Nike, is that a Nike, that mean, a Nike brand saying, or a Because you like Is your that some well shoe leather,
1: brother?
2: You, Did you just say you like your steaks well done?
0: Well, okay. This is mostly because of what <laughs> <laughs> happens in the rest. Like I think restaurants undercook stuff. Okay? So I've, I've, come, I've, I've come off that. So listen. Okay. So ed- educate me, man. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. Educate us. What's, like, how do you know what's the What's the best way, where's the proper place on the dial for all of that? Medium rare. Medium mm-hmm. rare? Okay. For me. And, and how, how a, do you depending know? Depending on what you're Like, for in,
2: example, in. if you're doing, like, a ribeye, I can take a ribeye actually a little bit more. The more marbling you got, I think it can withstand a little bit more internal temperature, so I would go to a medium on a ribeye. But when it comes to fillets, New York strips... Uh, yeah, I mean it's got to be medium rare, and, and medium rare for ribeyes too. But you know, you can go from medium rare into right when you start getting it to medium. But man, for like anything else, dude, it's got to be medium rare for me. Yeah. Now, some people like blue and you know blue rare, where it's like really I don't like that. Yeah. But medium rare. Mm.
0: Yeah. So Lola says. Wait, wait, wait. Lola says to my defense, I've been doing medium well since all the chastising. That's what Lola, Lola put it there. That which is true. I have so, been. so what's
1: your what's your reasoning? What what creates your desire for, for well or medium well? Is, um, it, is it safety, really, Are you worried about the bacteria? I don't know. Or I don't know. Just visually,
0: I, I want the taste. I want the taste. I like a lot of fat, but I don't really want to see a bunch of blood going what? through going through my man. Thigh. That's
2: dude stuff. That's hey, hold on. So, hey, you shoot guns? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. Okay, I and you, you you squeamish about seeing some blood on some on, on some steak? No, I want it to
0: be. I want listen. I, I this is why hey, I'm asking you. Hey, look, look, what's I'll, the perfect I'll put that to balance? balance? So a
1: technical term, it's not blood. It's myoglobin. There you go. Okay. So okay. You, you, now, yeah. you, now you can cook it the medium rare. But <laughs> but I will tell you from a safety standpoint. Okay, safety standpoint yeah. on steaks. Mm-hmm. Steaks are different than ground beef. So okay. any you know potential of introduced bacteria is going to be on That's the exterior. You're gonna kill it. When you throw it on that hot fire, ground beef is a little different. It could be in yeah. the center because it's all it's going rolled, to right? Very side but
4: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So that, you know,
1: it's a That safety. you can take well done. I understand that. Mm-hmm. When you know, I just
2: cooked some hamburgers there over the weekend. Yeah, I totally get that. When it comes to steak, though, man, we're gonna get you hooked up, man, Hank. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you a. We're gonna get you hooked up on cigars on a regular. <laughs> we're gonna get you eating medium medium rare steaks. Oh You're boy.
1: Man, you're oh going to take it up to the
2: next level. You're going to be Lamborghini <laughs> Hank. Yeah. Lamborghini yeah. Hank.
1: Yeah. He's going to okay. come out with a bear claw necklace when it's oh, all Oh, hell done. yeah. Don't do, man. We'll take you to Skin Grizz. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, boy. Before, before we started this, Moe was talking about, I don't know if you guys remember, Brownells took us um, out to it was Utah, right? We were in Utah. Yep. we did Zion the canyons. Park. Yeah, Zion National Park. Moe was there. We're talking about this.
1: Bear Bear Creek needs to get on that uh, invitation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you're in the mix. You're in the mix now. So that what did what, what did you think about that, Mo? Did you you saw me Man, almost die out there, right?
2: Absolutely. To be honest, it was a um, it was a great experience. Seriously, because there's I things agree. that I've I've never first of all I've never been in that area before, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely stunning visually. And to be with you guys, it was so cool. We all stayed in the same cabin, mm-hmm. and we got to know each other a little bit. And uh, and just the – I see why Brownells did that. It's a team-building thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think, what the hell, at first, you know.
0: Yeah, I thought Josh was trying to kill us.
2: Walking into the <laughs> canyon, I'm like, oh, this ain't so bad.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then we start rappelling down rocks.
3: There's that 70-foot vertical rappel we oh, hit right yeah. in the middle. Right, yeah. right. Seven stories.
2: And then their thing, the big deal is the on the way out. When the, when the guy says, Hey, you know, the only way to get out of here is to hike up. And when you got like vertical, man, man, I'm built for comfort. Like I told you, I ain't built for speed.
0: Yeah, so it was it was like, either that or they had to bring in a helicopter, which was really expensive.
4: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was telling them, listen, just freaking leave me here, man. Just <laughs> I know you can not I'll be fine. The coyotes will eat me. I'll be recycled. It's all <laughs> yes, it's a circle, oh, of yeah, circle of life. Yes, circle of life. Lola great, wanted. Hank. Lola wanted to drag me out. Of, you know Lola what
2: was? It was, was awesome. Yeah, she Lola, did yeah, good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those uh, those one hundred percent pure African jeans kicked in. Oh, uh, hell yeah.
2: Girl. She kicked it, man. She was awesome. She was, uh, uh, for me, man, when I walked up, I got halfway up there. I'm thinking, man, I was rethinking life. I'm thinking, oh, my God. I was like, I, made a bad I had to go through nothing like this in the Navy, man. I'm thinking, damn.
0: Yeah, I, but, was, uh, I was thinking that Brownells, man, this could go so bad. Brownells could be on the news. Brownells kills the most youtubers and celebrities right. all in right. one one foul swoop you know what was right. funny though guns and gear was was totally making me mad because he wasn't even breathing heavy
1: oh, but, dude's yeah,
0: in yeah guns and gear was just like laughing i was like oh whatever dude okay.
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of my f- personal highlights of that was mo was watching you React to Rachel having to drive that golf cart in reverse because the board was broken. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, yeah. yeah oh my crazy. gosh, that
0: was awesome.
2: Yeah, <laughs> in the dust cloud. And we, we gotta do that again, yeah. man. Brother. We got we lost. We got lost
0: in an acre of bush. Basically, this is what happened. Acre of bushes is late at night. These crazy guys are driving around. I think there's video somewhere driving. There's another ch- video. video. Yeah, right by our cabin. Yeah,
2: there's a, there there a chasm. These guys were driving around not knowing there was a chasm. Like a thousand
0: foot deep canyon, yeah. Yeah. No gun guys had lights. I think, no, we must have had some kind of lights, but it wasn't enough. It was like pitch black out there. It was so crazy. Mm -hmm. It was a fun trip. It was a fun trip. That's what I like about, you know, the way that the Brownells guys uh, get down out there. Everyone walked out of there. You know, some of us, me, took longer. I think than others, but we walked out of there. You did we a rose out.
3: to the occasion, Hank. You got it done. that's right. That was awesome. Yeah,
0: that was some serious survival stuff right there, man. I was like, was you know, cool, yeah. Um, so let me see here. Uh, we've got we've got a couple of minutes. Uh, do we want to hit some other points? We got like six minutes. Or five minutes here. I know Mo thought we weren't going to even like. Uh, he's like, well,
1: I know, it's what amazing. are we going to
0: talk about for two hours? Time
1: flies he, when you're talking about barbecue. Oh, goodness. dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting
1: hungry.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see what questions do the folks have out there. How about that? Let's see who's got questions. Ask us this uh, right now. Um, the range says guns and gear is straight up badass. But what a cool dude. Yeah, man. Guns and gear. Guns and gear. I don't know, man. He's too cool. He's cool under pressure, man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's see. Who's got questions? Let's see what comes in here. Or uh, like, I know you guys probably had some things you wanted to jump into, but we we couldn't. You know. Um,
2: I just think that we all need to get together and do something.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, seriously. Got, man. I'm, yeah. All, I'm, I'm down with that.
2: Let me know, man. Let's get this thing done. You know, I know I got yeah. some stuff got delayed, and it's gonna be being being picked back up. Yeah. Yeah, Once it's called it gets over, but, you know, mm-hmm. we get some in the books, let's do something, man.
0: Yeah, I can't wait until we get past this thing, man. Bring
2: Lola um, into the picture. I'm say hi to Lola. Oh,
0: you want to say hi to Lola? Lola, come on. Hey. Mo wants to say hi to you. She's writing something on the board. Uh, come on. I can't even read your handwriting, so... Oh, after Let's, all these yeah, years, still
4: can't remember. Here goes hair, Lola.
0: Hey, Lola, Lola, Lola. Oh. You know yeah, there we go. There goes. Oh. There hey, goes yeah, okay. the focus again. You got I got I'll point. get a still for you, Lola, so you can.
2: That's all right. I got it. It's in my head. That Lola.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stand on your tiptoes. I'm all the way on my tiptoes. I can't get any higher. Oh. Jumping up and down. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Cool. All right. Listen. What was it again? Was it? Was it Wagyu? Uh, wagyu. wagyu, wagyu, wagyu beef ribs, woman. That's what you get. No, just get the get whole wagyu. wagyu. No, to them, them No, things. too fatty. Will's too fatty. Next too, fatty. too fatty. Get back next prime tower. or choice.
2: Next
0: show to buy uh, it when it's back, cheaper. Back prime, back. What did you? What did you just say? Back prime. What did prime. you? Prime, prime. Okay, okay. There you go. Okay, Lola wants to know with uh, with Will and with Mo, what's the next projects that you guys are getting up to.
1: Uh, you want to get first mo or you?
2: Yeah, uh, for me, um, I was supposed to be already in Japan cooking for the Armed Forces Entertainment, but that got postponed. So, if this COVID thing gets done, it's still a go. I'm leaving June 28th, going back to Diego Garcia, which is an all military base. I'm cooking barbecue for them for the Navy base there, mm-hmm. and then from there, we fly to Singapore. Singapore to Diego Garcia. There's a small refueling station in Singapore. Cooking for a small station, Navy station in Singapore, Singapore to South Korea, South Korea to Alaska, Air Force Base. So I'm mm-hmm. cooking in all these places. Um, and then in October, they're shipping my smoker over to my big rotisserie over to Japan, to Yakuska, Cooking for 3000 over there. Um, and then I got the other stuff. I had, I had a lot of stuff planned, but some of it got just, like canceled. Like I was supposed to be cooking for, uh, not cooking, doing videos for the National Pork Board. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be redone. I was supposed to be doing five country act, uh, uh, big five country festivals, a big country fest festivals. I was supposed to do. So I don't know where that, that's in limbo. So once this COVID's over, I'll see how everything realigns. But, uh, I, you know, I'm used to, you know, I'm going, I was in, actually I was in Australia before, right before this COVID stuff broke out. And then actually the festival got canceled. So I came home. So I'm supposed to be going back in August to Australia. Back back to Australia to do the barbecue festival over there.
0: Okay, but yeah, very cool. yeah, internationally known. Um, uh, Will, what do you what do you have going on here?
1: Um, before I get into that, I, I I do want to tell you thank you, Mo. Uh, not not only for your your actual service uh, when you were there, but but also for taking your time, uh, your level of expertise, and everybody's time is valuable, and that that's a labor of love to travel all around the world to provide your services to our service members, man, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, service. So it just makes me feel even better to be able to give back. Yeah. And that's a choice though. You know, that, that's what, that's what I really want to say. Thank you for, because there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, you only have so much time and, and that's a choice and, and you're awesome for it. Thank you, Mm -hmm. brother. appreciate Mm -hmm. you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, so... Really, right now, it's trying to, to fix the supply chain issues. You know, one, locally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working every day trying to produce, you know, that highest quality beef, get it to the people. Um, as far as television, you know, we're, we're doing some more shows uh, probably in the interim, you know, maybe repping a few other products. We, we're currently coming up with our own Little Bear Creek Cattle Company rub, and nice. uh, we should uh, co- come online with that at least by late summer um, it takes some time to develop it, develop it right, and brand it. Um, we're also, as soon as we can get the product through uh, all of the the steps, we're going to get that back in stock, both online nationwide and also going back on ShopHQ and and uh, trying to get that. Get that great beef to the people it's almost a teaser you know we 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 sell it to all these people and we we jazz them up they get the first bite then they get ready to reorder and all this stuff hits and you know it's a just know uh anybody that's watching and listening um you know we're working as hard as we can every day to to try and supply as many people and and get the product out there i can assure you um we're doing our best, and we're going to keep keep taking a step forward, a day at a time.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, Roy, I'm going to get to. I'm going to definitely give you an opportunity here. I did want to throw up because I saw this. Um, I saw this on your Facebook. Uh, there's a fund for Officer Mike Mosher. There's right. a memorial fund, a GoFundMe. There is a link in uh, the description of this video. Uh, right for that, this officer unfortunately lost his life. Uh, what was that yesterday? Um, uh, May third, two days ago. May third, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and he's got a family. It, it's you, yes. you guys probably heard this yes. story, but he's, and he's his re- wife,
3: Kareen Mosher, goes by uh, Shieldmade C- Corrine, I think. I've never actually met the Mosher's. I know Kareen is is very much part of the social influencer community. I know she and Mike were both huge Second Amendment proponents, mm-hmm. uh, instructors. She's a competitive shooter. So, as somebody who is in our community. Uh, he was trying to do the right thing. He was off-duty technically, uh, trying to do the right thing, chasing down a uh, perpetrator who committed a hit-and-run. And the guy stopped his vehicle, got out, and started shooting at him. And and uh, Mike Mosier was actually able to drop the guy right there. He shot him and put him down, but not before he suffered wounds, from which he unfortunately died shortly oh. thereafter at the hospital. Wow. So yeah. he was he was a husband uh, to Kareen, and they also had a daughter— and so there's a, a guy in the industry named Tommy Thacker who started a GoFundMe, and I have made sure and put that on my Facebook to spread that around to get his dad in, in front of as many people as possible so we can do something to help that that grieving family who's, who's tragically lost their husband and father.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If anyone out there could help out, there is a link in the description, you know, mm-hmm. or you can just help out by sharing it. So um, – You know, these are tough things when it happens to people that we don't know, uh, especially tougher when it happens to people like within our community. So, um, you know, that's a rough thing. Uh, I know it's kind of tough to transition from that, Roy. Uh, What other things do you have going on here real quick?
3: Uh, I'm just waiting for everything to open back up, man. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that I was supposed to get to go do so many places I get to go so many people who I really, really care about and enjoy who I've not gotten to see in person in, in months. Uh, so uh, yeah.
0: I'm just the part. The partying is going to kill us when we get out of this. Kill well,
1: me. <laughs> well, I
0: hope
1: it's that. I can tell you from Georgia. So Georgia is one of the leading states, you know, kind of on the reopen train. Mm-hmm. And man, people were out this weekend like nobody's business. I think people are so cabin fever oh, uh, ridden when it finally opens up. It's going to be like tenfold for a while. Yeah. Hopefully oh, yeah. it will
0: be. Hopefully it will be. All right, so listen, we're we're over the 9 o'clock hour. I really want to thank everyone. Big Mo on. you know, definitely oh. Will Beatty, Roy Hill from Brownells, uh, Will's from Battle Creek, uh, Bear Creek. I don't know. Bear Creek. I, I keep, it my depends brain, on the
1: day. Some days yeah, it's my, battle, some days it's Yeah, bear. exactly. My brain <laughs> wants to say
0: battle, but it's Bear Creek Cattle Company. Um, you know, I want to thank you guys for coming on, man. It's been really fun. I don't even know where hey, the was time awesome. went. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I know, man. You yeah. guys are good people, all, man. Well, I followed
3: you on Instagram and also uh, Bear Creek. I followed you both on Instagram just now. Same thing. Awesome. So, thanks to everyone out there. Thanks
0: to everyone out there. We're going to stay here. You guys, you guys, stay right here. Thanks to all the folks. Make sure you go to hankstrange.com. Sign up for our email list. Thanks to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the show bringing all this great awesomeness. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's the end that we're running. Okay, now make sure that you guys uh, smash the thumbs up, leave comments, all that kind of good nah. stuff here. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we do put this audio up on iTunes and all the places you get audio podcasts. We're out of here, guys. Any final words? All right, hey. Yeah. What's
2: up, guys? All right, care, we're guys. out.
0: Peace. We'll see you all.